1: everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 105 and this week very pleased to be joined by a returning guest mr thomas fishback hello tom hey how you doing good how you doing pretty good pretty good just got I don't back know.
2: From-
1: oh what were you we gonna say sorry
2: <laughs> <laughs> just got back uh from the gym i'm drinking uh the best diet soda a diet coke better than coke zero i'm fired up did not take any notes so the hot takes are gonna be flying today <laughs>
1: I was about to say, I don't know why I said I'm doing good because I'm actually suffering in a 100 degree heat wave here in New York. <laughs> and I refuse to put on my air conditioner during Omikase because I'm a psychopath, I guess. And I'm just going to suffer through uh, <laughs> through this episode with the use of a fan. So if I sound more grumpy than usual, which, you know, I guess is possible. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Uh, But, yeah, it's very hot in New York. Thankfully, it's going to break after today. Like, it's going to be back to, like, low 80s, which is going to feel like fucking, I don't know, Antarctica after this week. (laughs) But, yeah, so we got some hot wrestling to to talk about, too. Grade 1 Climax, Peter Pan, good stuff. So we're going to start with the New Japan stuff because I feel like, you know, the Galaxy Brain DDT people can, you know, we can more comfortable waiting, I think, than asking the New Japan normies to stay through (laughs) all the DDT talk.
2: What we really should do, John, is just plug
1: in the DDT review
2: just randomly in the middle of the
1: New (laughs) Japan. (laughs) So they don't know
2: when to skip. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so we're gonna start in New Japan. Uh we'll be talking the G1 climax uh nights four through seven because we left off last week with night three. So we'll be talking about the uh, obviously, just the G1 matches. I'm not one of these crazy people who watches the undercard tags. Don't got no time for that. Um, I watched
2: I watched like one or two of them, the, uh, the L.A. Dojo guys, because those were getting Yeah, I,
1: I did watch the L.A. Dojo guys against the, uh, the New Japan Young Lions from, I guess, night two. Yeah, was, I think that was night two. Yeah, so the, the B-block night, at Oda, so it's night two, yeah. But that's, I, I think that's the only one I've watched, other than the Dallas show, obviously, because right. I was there. But all right, so let's I've... get right into it here uh, with night number four, which was at the Hokkaido Prefectural Sports Center on Monday, July 15th. Uh, has to be said a sellout of almost 7,000 fans. Uh, about 500 fans up from last year's Hokkaido show, which is pretty impressive. They called that a sellout too, so I think what happened here is they added more seats, actually. But yeah, I still saw very, very strong start here at the G1 between you know both Otis shows doing a sellout, which they didn't sell out last year. It was only up by like a couple hundred each, but still you know up and then up again here for Hokkaido. Um, but yeah, very good, very good attendance here for the G1 so far.
2: Yeah, you know, those Kenny Omega's gone, but it seems not to hurt them in Japan. I know this is a point that you've kind of driven home in the in your takes on the new Japan AEW relationship, but the Yeah,
1: it doesn't it hasn't meant anything to them in Japan, right. which is um, you know, not that Kenny wasn't very popular in Japan, but like it's clear that losing losing one top star wasn't enough to derail, you know, the New Japan train in Japan. And I think where's on uh, Obviously, it's hurt them a little more in America. Right.
2: I think we were talking about this in the Slack, maybe, just how these shows are up, even though the m- main events are at best the same or at worst even lower quality from a show-to-show comparison last year, I would say, for these early shows uh, yeah. when you were listening to comparisons. So I think another part of it is just the brand, I think, is getting more popular in Japan.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so far, very good early returns here on New Japan Business. Uh, the Okado shows opened up with Toriano and Shingo Takagi, Shingo picking up his first one in the tournament with the pumping bomber in 616, which dropped. So Shingo went to one and one and dropped Yano to one and one. Um, Not a time to say about this one. It was fine. I gave it like two and three quarters. You know, not the funniest Yano match or anything, but not like nothing terrible either. Just kind of just a match. Yeah. I, I,
2: I do like the Yano stuff and it's like a cool sort of change of pace in the G1. So I'm probably. Going to be the high man on some of the Yano matches, so I went three and a half with this. Uh, I I liked a lot of the callback spots to the Naito match. They did the spot early on with the, with the shirt, and then later uh, Yano hit the same the same finishing sequence he did to beat Naito, and the, and uh, Shingo kicked out. Uh, so I thought that was cool, just kind of playing between the LIJ guys that Shingo uh, kind of learned from Naito's mistakes, and he now has a direct transitive win over Naito. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, what do you think of the odds uh, that Shingo beats Naito? It's got to be like sub ten percent, I feel like.
1: Yeah, below ten percent. Especially after if Naito hadn't started 0 two, I would have said it was. Hi- I would have said it was higher, but since he kind of needs to run the table at this point, or maybe at most lose one more match, I don't think he's gonna lose to Shingo. Um, match number two, Juice and Goto. Juice wins in 12-23 at the pulp friction, goes to two zero, and Goto gets dropped to one and one. Um, I was a little surprised by the result here. Not, like, super surprised, but I did think Goto coming off that big win over Jay White was going to beat Juice, and he just kind of got pinned. And Naito even kind of made fun of him. where He was like, after this, where he was like, well, you know, you, your you're G1 peaked with you finally beating Jay White, <laughs> but now you're back to being same old Goto, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a real strong closing stretch here, which is what saved it from, like, very average match territory to me. So I went like three and a half on it. It was pretty good.
2: Yeah, I went three and a half as well on it. Uh, it, was kind of, it was kind of sad how English Commentary was building it up as a new Goto in his, his second match in the G1. He's, you know, doing the job <laughs> in the second match on the card or of the block yeah. matches, I guess. So that's kind of tough. There was a spot in this match that I want to talk about because I saw some people on Twitter complaining about it. People on, <laughs> Twitter, in the- people on Twitter complaining. Oh, yeah. I know it's it's a rarity these days, but um, it was in the finishing stretch, and it's where uh, Juice Juice goes for the left hand of God, and Goto blocks it with a headbutt. And I saw I saw some nerds on Twitter complaining that it doesn't make sense to block a punch with a headbutt because it it hits your head anyway. And I mean, here's my philosophy: if the move looks cool, it looks cool. And I don't know. I thought it was a cool looking counter, and uh, I'm fired up about about people getting getting angry on this <laughs> random spot in the closing
1: stretch. Yeah, I mean, look if you're if you're headbutting, you at least have like the motion right going for you. Like you're not just sitting there taking a punch, or at least like you know battering back. I don't right. Know.
2: And it's not like goto like no sold the punch either. It was just that Juice also kind of sold it. And yeah. Then after, and, and and then after the match, he like started selling his hands like he did last year. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So what I what don't I know. Nerds. Yeah. Take that, nerds. I'm yeah, sorry. nerds. <laughs> I I hope they don't do the hand story with Juice again. Because they did – what did they do the year before? There was another, like, injury that he had the previous G1, too,
1: I feel like. I don't – I think you're right, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But it wasn't I don't really. Know. Don't, don't – Juice Robinson's 2017 G1, not like an all-time memory <laughs> format. Right. Uh, the third G1 match of the night was John Moxley beating Jeff Cobb in 854. They rope-assisted DDT, uh, moved him to 2-0, and dropped Cobb to 0-2. I was really digging this for a while, even though like it had it had no crowd heat at all, I have to say that. Like the Hokkaido crowd did not give a fuck about this match. Um But I was really into it for a while. I just thought like the ending was just so fucking flat and you know with, with like Moxley, I don't think he was supposed to get it on the ropes. I think he just couldn't get him. <laughs> he couldn't lift him at first or something. But I don't know. It just it it, it felt so fucking flat. And I had to take it down a few matches. So I ended up going three and a half, but I was like really into it for a while, and then it just it ended like kind of abruptly and with a flat ending. So I had to take it down. A notch.
2: Yeah, I'm in kind of full agree- agreement with you there. The the finishing stretch, I guess there wasn't even really a finishing stretch. It just it just kind of came off flat. And uh, yeah, AEW gets one over on ROH for some reason in my pick 'em. I had this as like a double count out, but I think I was kind of overthinking <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really think. What is Frank Mir gonna do? Right, like, exactly. gonna like, You're not allowed to drop Jeff Cobb. Yeah. So New Japan's like, okay, fuck off. Like, what are you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Look, go, go. Can't, can't even use our guys to draw an extra ten fans anymore. You know, it's like, what are they gonna do? um All right, after that, Jay White and Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii beat Jay White in 1913 with the vertical drop frame buster. Goes to two zero, and White goes to 0-2 Uh, This is fucking incredible. Um, I mean, unless I'm forgetting something, this has to be Jay White's best match ever. I mean, I really can't think of anything. I put a a four and a half for him. I had him a four and a quarter a couple times. Uh, The the Tanahashi match. Oh, you know what? I have a four and a half for Juice Robinson last year at the in San Francisco. But I think I like this better. So it's very it's that that would be the other contender. But yeah, I mean, like. You know, just no bullshit here. Just the two of them going back and forth. Jay White finally getting to just show that he can really hang. You know, when he doesn't have to rely on all the bullshit. I mean, Gato did interfere like very briefly, but like I said, it was super brief. Um, you know, and I and I didn't even feel like they they went into like the convoluted finisher reversals. Um, you know, they they there was like one little sequence towards the end, but then Ishii like right after that just counters the uh the blade runner right into like a face buster out of nowhere and like it was such a quick and awesome counter which is completely different from the usual convoluted white counters so that like kind of made up for you know having the mini version of it and it looked great it looked a lot better than the the blade runner counters have looked so far this year like that you know like that tanahashi one everybody dumped on from february but yeah i thought this was awesome um went four and a half stars on it. it was my favorite match of the g1 up to that point and spoiler alert it may be my favorite match of the g1 still
2: yeah i'm definitely lower on it than you i went four stars on it so still still a good match but you know sometimes you go four stars on a match and people think that like you hated it but i thought that white's um control period in early on in the match like went on way too long you know i got i got kind of tired of it after a little while and so i had to dock it for that um but the finishing stretch was awesome that uh, Blade Runner into the, uh I guess, I don't know, some sort of like face buster, flat liner that you mentioned. That was like a great spot. And uh, I wasn't expecting uh, White to lose. So anytime you get a surprise result, I mean, that's always a plus for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was not expecting that at all either. Because the, the, the next match, I was expecting that result, but I, was, I thought J would move two points ahead of Naito. So. Hmm. And then the main event, tai Chi defeating Tetsuya Naito in 21-01 with the last ride. Um you know, that dropped Naito to 0-2 and, and moved Taichi to 1-1. First of all, yes, people some people freaked out at this result. I have to say the moment Naito lost to Yano, I was like, oh, he's losing to tai Chi too. Like he's going 0-2. Like I ju- It just felt like that felt like as close to a guarantee as you could get just because, first of all, you have Naito losing to two people that probably won't result, you know, won't be involved in any tiebreakers at the very end for the block. And second of all, I mean, Taichi beat him. I mean, Taichi lost to him at New Beginning, so this evens them up, and maybe they can have a third match now for the IC title and or the briefcase. And third of all, it's just very Gato booking to have Neto, you know, the guy who is probably at least going to win his block start 0-2 and have to roar back. That's like very cliche Gato tournament booking. So, not really surprised at all by this result, even though it did cause some people to freak out, but there you go um as far as the match itself i'm a little bit lower than people probably would expect me to be on this i thought it was like surprisingly pedestrian for a while like well below their awesome ic title match um it didn't pick up for me until the iron fingers fake out at that point you know there was some really sick shit like the the gonzo bomb counter the ron i was really sick and then I, I love Nicho like paying Taichi back for all his cheating by like low blowing him the moment the ref's back was turned. It's just very yeah. nice to do that. Um, and then there was like Taichi counter the Destino into the Black Mephisto. That was like an awesome spot. Um, but at the, very, at the end of the day, it was just a match that I, I want to like more than I actually liked. I only went three and three quarters on it. So, um, you know, I liked it by the end, but I just I didn't feel four stars for it. So, you know, well below their IC title match from February, they went four and a half on
2: another match that we're um i guess half star apart on because i went four and a quarter on this i really loved it um and yeah i think i think kind of anybody that's getting upset over the booking i mean i wouldn't get too worried like naito got the visual pin with i think the snow plow uh whatever that move's called <laughs> um at some point uh in the match it was like i understand what you're saying about it being uh kind of slow early on you know uh but I enjoyed it. Uh, the Tai Chi stick always works for me. Um, finally used the iron fingers, which I think should be like Tai Chi's burning hammer. Um, and so yeah, I liked
1: it <laughs> four and accord quarter for me. Yeah. That was the first time he used the iron fingers and he, right. that was first teased all the way back in like late February when Izuka retired. So I did like that. They say that forever and then brought that out here. So my you, omikase, by the way you, Oh, go ahead. Go. go my
2: ahead. Omikase debut was the show that, uh,
1: <laughs> that was a
2: show that taichi right. used the uh, iron fingers or at least one of the shows we covered on that show
1: yeah um so to, to your point by the way since you mentioned this and i just had the tweet in front of me now the the g1 main events last year were white okada in the first three nights In you know we're counting japan versus japan we're not comparing dallas here so the first three nights period last year were white okada naito omega tanahashi white this year the first three main events in japan were goto white kenta tanahashi naito taichi i mean you would have to say last year's three main events were like bigger i don't even i don't think anyone would argue that. i think
2: it's pretty undeniable
1: yeah and this year the crowds are up so that's pretty damn good right you know to to do you know basically you take out oka and omega and replace them with kenta uh goto and taichi since since uh somebody did two white did two last year so that's why but yeah, you take out those two and replace them with Goto, Kenta, and Taichi. I mean, that's pretty pretty impressive that those crowds were actually up. So there you go. Those Okada and Omega fellow's got to learn how to draw, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So then we have night five of the G1 climax from Corken Hall on Thursday, July 18th. Uh, this was the third A block night, the first of three nights at Corken. It opened up with Kenta and Lance Archer. Kenta beating Lance Archer in 11:58 with the game over, which of course was his cross. It's basically just a cross face. Uh He did use that on bigger guys in towards the end of his Noah run as well. But I told I, I will be honest. I completely forgot about that move until he locked it, and I was like, "Oh yeah." But uh, yeah, this is uh, Kenta goes to three and zero. Maybe surprisingly, six points, and Lance Archer gets his first loss here and goes to two and uh, one. What did you think of Kenta and Lance Archer?
2: I was really high on this match, I think, compared to the consensus. I really loved it. I went uh, four and a quarter stars. Um, <laughs> I just I thought it was great. Archer was, he's done good character work, you know, throughout the tournament. Um, and him him yelling, like, you're Hideo, you're fucking Hideo, uh, instead of Kenta. I mean, I thought that was, like, that was funny. Uh, and then Archer, for for, I think he's, what, he's over 40 years old, right? Um, yeah archer's
1: like 42 i believe
2: yeah he was doing some crazy shit throughout this match uh and then kenta was like i don't know i i can see sort of some of the criticisms of it being like sort of a quote-unquote like standard match but i mean with kenta you know it's i still have the novelty factor of him being back him using the game over i really popped for that uh so yeah i did i did really enjoy this match and i'm definitely going to be higher i would assume than you What'd Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was only three and a half. I thought it was yeah. good, but I just didn't. It didn't blow me away like it blew away some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next match was Sonata and Evil, the LIJ battle. They're both one and one going in, and Evil's the got the win to move to two and one. Uh, he won in 18 11 with the Evil. I, I thought people picking Sonata here were kind of nuts because I was like, well, Sonata won two years ago. So Evil's clearly winning this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was, this was awesome. Um, I went four stars flat the only thing I took it down for was it was a little bit flat or a little bit dull early. And I thought the skull encounters uh, towards the end were like a little more, even more contrived than that. The counters for that can usually look, but everything else was great and had a closing stretch that built built super well. Um, you know, I love, I love Sinatra's like new, you know, new offense, like the, the tiger suplex, he does a really great tiger suplex and just, you know, him playing to the crowd versus, you know, what he used to be doing. It's a very cool contrast for Evil here. So, yeah, I thought this was, thought this was great. Um, and then, like, the, the very end where, you know, they're going for all those inside cradles, and then Evil just, like, fucking decapitates him with lariat, and then hits the the Evil for the pim, the STO, after Sonata kept evading him before that. It just felt like the perfect ending. So that elevated it to four stars for me. Very good match.
2: We're differing a lot more than I thought. I think generally we have pretty similar takes, but we're differing a lot early on. I was only three and a quarter on this. Um... Yeah, I was pretty, It was pretty low. Um, I, the, the cold school counters throughout were kind of that contrived, I think is the, is the word you used. And I think that's the right word um, to use for it. Uh, just early on, it didn't hook me. And I think that's a lot of what wrestling is, is like, if a match doesn't hook me, I feel like three and a half stars is like kind of the cutoff for like, okay, this match hooked me and this match just, it didn't connect with me, which it should for our, you know all the history with the guys, but the the move stealing, while it made complete sense for the story, it still just felt contrived to me for some reason, even though I understand what they were going for. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes stuff just doesn't connect with you, and this just didn't connect with me, so I was three and a quarter on it. Uh,
1: and then we have Kazuchika Okada beating Bad Luck Fale in 10-15 with his sit-down roll-up, uh, moved him to... 3-0, and dropped 5-1-2. This fucking sucked! Boy, this fucking sucked. <laughs> um, the live crowd... First of all, I've never seen a Corkin New Japan crowd, in years, give less of a shit about an, like an angle than they gave a shit about Fale's pre-match attack on Okada. Like, Okada just kind of like comes falling through the entryway, and Fale's behind him, and Corkin did not make a fucking sound. They did not give a single fuck about this. So, there you go. Um, The only thing of value in the first five minutes of this match was Red Shoes making fun of Folly's salute pose. And that was like almost exactly five minutes into the match and involved the referee. So yeah, this was really bad. Uh, number two thing was Okada doing a sweet dive and the dive gets it to the one star because this was so bad. I couldn't believe people thought this was pretty good. I'm like, what fucking match were you watching? It was like Folly clubbing Okada. Okada barely looked like he gave a shit to sell. Which I can't blame him given he was in there with a guy off did the thing, give a shit. I mean, these two have had good matches before. Like, they had a good match in fucking February of this year. So I couldn't, I just couldn't believe how bad this was. One star. Fucking sucks.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I literally don't remember anything from this match.
1: Oh, yeah, the finish looked bad too. <laughs> it looked like falling shoulders were falling down. Why do people think this? was like
2: even okay this fucking sucked (laughs) i i honestly have no recollection of this match i wrote down two and two and a quarter stars for it which i guess according to you seems pretty high way too high way too
1: high
3: um
2: i'm not surprised that red shoes was kind of the spot of the match there there was the uh the fall match last year i think i think it was against tanahashi where uh red shoes flipped on uh flipped fall off and refused to count the fall Red yeah. always has some good interactions
1: with Folly, I feel like. Because <laughs> Fale, like, was, he was doing the salute pose and, and doing yeah. trying to go for the one-foot cover. And yeah. Red Shoes sometimes will refuse to count those one-foot covers. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then he does this, He did the yeah. salute mockingly. He was like, no, it has to be, like, pinfall. And he did, like, the pinfall motion. But, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, red Shoes was the highlight. What was not awesome was this fucking match. So moving on, uh, <laughs> the semi the final. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. Battle of the Windless wrestlers here. Uh, Tanahashi defeated Zack in 1356 with a jackknife hold, moved him to one and two, and dropped Zack to zero and three. Uh, This is fucking awesome. Um, Yes. You know, I really, first of all, I love when Tana gets to Matt wrestle with Zack. Like, he's not great at Matt wrestling, but he's a little better than some people want to give him credit for. And, especially his facial expressions are so good. Like at one point he had this facial expression when he was about to like counter and get Zack in a heel hook Where he got this like shit eating grin and it was so great like I want to use that as reaction shot <laughs> when I'm about to just like, like own somebody on Twitter or something and it was just like he had this grin and for a long time before he got the actual heel hook it was just so awesome. I'm like cracking up just thinking about it. Um, they had a great fight over backslide positioning and I'm not being sarcastic. It was awesome. And you know, there was like a callback to the New Japan Cup finish with Tana almost rolling him up again. And then we transitioned right into Zach going for the arm, like he did the MSG. So that was also a really good callback. Uh and then but this time Tana actually made the ropes. Um my one complaint here is I thought Zach he was in that hold too long, the arm hold, given his obviously, you know, elbow weakness there. But then Zach was taking awesome bumps with Sling Blade. Uh, you know, he takes these bumps where, like, almost like Naito esque, where he lands right on his shoulders and looks like he almost hit, lands on his neck. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they did another callback where Tanahashi, like, leapt in the high five flow, but Zach was waiting for him and countered, got the knees mm-hmm. up and put him right in the arm lock. But then Tanahashi, like, shockingly counters that into the jackknife hole for the pin, which I the crowd, that. like, went crazy for. Him. That was such an awesome finish. Four and, Four and a quarter stars. Four and a
2: quarter stars for me as well. Yeah, great match. I could watch these wrestle all the time. I feel like they've had like eight matches the past two years, but they're good every time. So I, don't, I, don't...
1: The old, I, I, I thought MSG was disappointing, but that's also because fucking right. Enzo and Cass were like distracting <laughs> the entire crowd. So yeah. that was that was the one thing that got that got taken down for. It. But like the New Japan Cup match was awesome, and this was also awesome. Right. So
2: they did they face the New Japan Cup this year too.
1: Yeah, it was like yeah, the okay. it was like the semifinal, I think.
2: Because they were also the final last year. I thought that final yeah. match last year was super underrated. Yeah, um, I don't
1: think I liked
2: that one that much. But. Okay, I thought I thought it was real good. Um, but yeah, great match. I love Tanahashi um, on the mat, kind of like proving that he can hang with Saber. Like Saber coming in, saying like New Japan's gotten away from the mat wrestling, and Tanahashi kind of like carrying the flag for the old guard and like saying I can still hang with you. And then the finish was was just tremendous. I love that finish. Grade one climax. <laughs>
1: Let's go. He's, he's going to kill me. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the main event: Koda Ibushi and Mool Osprey. Uh, Ibushi is zero and two going into here, but he gets the win in 27-16 with the Kamagoe, moves to one and two. Osprey gets dropped to one and two. So this was a weird match because, you know, it was mostly the normal the Ibushi Osprey match you would ex- expect. Except suddenly, like, Will remember his neck is supposed to hurt, and he'll kick Ibushi in the ankle, and Abushi remember his ankle is supposed to hurt. But they didn't really, because obviously, for people who've already forgotten this, Will supposedly, I'm going to say supposedly, maybe it's real, maybe it's not, but like, he came in this with like a major neck injury, and he missed Hokkaido. And, you know, there's some question whether the match would be able to happen at all. So, Abushi would attack his neck, and Will would be like, you know act like he was about to be paralyzed but then he would go around to f- go back to flying around the ring like as fast as normal so i'm like i don't know just felt like which which is it buddy are you almost near paralyzed are you almost gonna like be paralyzed or are you totally fine so that part of it felt weird i think if you ignore the the neck stuff and the ankle i mean you might as well just completely forget the ankle stuff because abushi clearly has so ignore the neck and the ankle stuff it's an amazing match but when they would like randomly be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, my neck is supposed to hurt more than normal," it would be like, "Well, then why are you able to fly around the ring and do all this shit just like you can normally do? Like, wouldn't wouldn't a severe neck injury like restrict your movement, sir? I don't really understand that part." Um, but yes, even putting that aside, um, if you just look at it as like a straight up match without the injury stuff, it was still pretty crazy, you know, Ibushi... Like there was like a head drop that did to Osprey versus the Stormbreaker, um, that was almost as that that actually kind of annoyed me because I was like, this is pretty much as bad as anything in that Naito Bushi match, and I, oh I don't God. like. Did anybody fucking have the feint counts ready for uh, <laughs> for Osprey doing that spot after you know he he's, he has a severe neck injury or whatever? Talking about the one I where know.
2: I don't know I don't know move names, but it's the one where he kind of has him like over his shoulders and then like does a pile driver behind his back.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm like talking a, about. That, yeah, that's like a, like a not like a, be, Not like, quite, very but special.
2: like yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that the spot you are talking about? Because I remember that. No, spot. no,
1: I was talking about I was talking about the the straight up like fucking sit out, pile driver thing. Right, it's yeah. not even really well. It's a head drop. Yeah, Osprey
2: was taking moves on his neck like the whole match.
1: Yeah, so like <laughs> again, the fucking double standard here between right. between with Osprey. It's like <laughs> yeah. he does what. Just as dangerous shit as anything Naito and Abushi do together, and people don't get their fucking feinting couches ready the way they do with Naito and Abushi. <laughs> so, I mean, it just it's <laughs> kind of crazy. It's yeah. like what? It's like if you want to talk about people being dangerous, Will Ospreay is as dangerous as anybody, and I feel like nobody fucking takes points off for him the way they do with right. the way they did with that Naito Abushi match.
2: Anyway, uh, I'm um, I'm fair. I don't take points off for either. So. I
1: take points off for anyone either <laughs> right, I'm, just, exactly. I'm saying i'm saying if you're gonna exactly. fucking sit, sit here and tell me how great this match was then you better fucking have given a you know better not taking any points off of Naito, to abushi from dominion either anyway um this is awesome i love when coda just hung will upside down in the corner and just started yeah. slapping him that was awesome all back to the, um, rest of the match when he, when Will, like, didn't do the, he just hit the hidden blade without the 10-hour-long setup and yeah. just rolled him with it after he rolled through the swan dive. so dome. much that, better. Yeah, that, it looked a million times better, actually. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, I would have, I might have rated this even higher if I could have put, like, a screen filter over Will's faces because. Oh, my God. He started, <laughs> make it, he started making the really goofy Will faces towards the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Will went for the very long charge up versus the Hidden Blade, and Kota countered with the Judas Effect! Yes! The Judas <laughs> he Effect. He countered with the back elbow. It was awesome. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did like a little fist pump, and then I was like, wait a second, that was the Judas Effect. He should be dead. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, I gave this four and a half stars. I thought it was awesome. You know, one of my favorite matches of the tournament. Uh, I can see people having it higher. I just think the the is his neck injured or not stuff is, you know, a little annoying to me. And then also Will's like usual goofiness, but still really awesome.
2: Yeah, I was four and a half as well. Um, to be honest, the, the Ibushi ankle stuff, I think stick stuck out more to me than the Osprey neck stuff, just because it was such a focal point of the evil match, which I really liked. And then he kind of just dropped it here, even though Will was still at least making an effort to work down on the, uh, on the ankle, at least early on in the match. So that bothered me a little bit, but, Still four and a half, some nice counters. Love a nice, love, a, love some love some neck drops and some kicks. So, <laughs> my kind of stuff. So, four and a half, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so really good show overall. I mean, all three Corican shows are awesome. I have to mm-hmm. just say that right now, but really good show. Up next, the B block show at Corican Hall from Friday. Uh, it opened up with Shingo Takagi and Taichi. Shingo beat him in 1410 with The Last of the Dragon. Got Shingo to two and one and dropped Taichi to one and two. What'd you think of this one? Oh, this
2: ruled. This ruled. I went four and a quarter and I I almost went four and a half with it. It was really good. Um, Lots of nice near falls. I mean, I came in not sure who was going to win. I thought Taichi had a chance to win. Second match in a row, actually. I just realized where Shingo gets the win over the guy that Naito just lost to. Um, That's
3: true.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very good match. Some people. It felt like a. Right Uh no, some people, people some look. people in the voices of wrestling slack still can't admit that Tai Chi's good. Yes, okay. the
1: Anti-Tai <laughs> propagandists are getting more and more desperate. It's like That's every time so Tai Chi has a great match, every time Taiji has a great match, yeah, character or something. Yeah. percent on the opponent. <laughs> oh <it's all> Jingo. <laughs> Taiji's just a low to meat. Like how many fucking great matches does this man have to have this year? <laughs> Before you'll give this man some fucking credit. And they're not I mean, even Jesus. like
2: it's not even like it's you and me that are saying they're great matches. Like these are consensus great yes. matches. <laughs> yeah. I don't,
1: I don't know. know. I, I love this. I mean, for, first of all, I think Shingo may have said taichi Chi Okai today at one point. Like <laughs> basically, like Tai Chi go home really fast when he went for the sliding form, which I thought was awesome. um And then Fighting Spirit Tai Chi with the backdrop No Cell was another highlight of the match for me. And then yeah. they had like they was like a long trading of ax bombers. It just felt like a very old school, pure slugfest. And Taichi kept nailing those high kicks and the enzigiri. You know, it was just a really awesome match. Um, and Corkum was going absolutely nuts for this too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went four and a quarter as well. Right, just loved it. Absolutely loved it.
2: Also, let me let me let me get a shout out to Robin Reed. We had the uh, the the vote in the uh, VOW Slack about whether Tai Chi was good or not, and he deletes the post <laughs> right as someone is going to take the lead for the Tai Chi is
1: good sign. I mean, major respect the, for that, but <laughs> a great play. The, anti, the anti-Tai Chi propagandists are it getting is. more they can't admit more They can't admit it. Yeah. They can't admit it. They hate to say it. You definitely Smash do hate to say it, yeah. <laughs> Juice Robinson and Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb defeated Juice Robinson in 1321 the tour of the islands gives him his first red boot to one and two uh juice drops to two and one um okay i didn't like this very much um you know i just thought it was the,
2: was this the match with like the long extended like uh pulp friction counter sequence
1: yeah and like yeah that's the
2: only thing i remember from this okay, match and
1: that was really bad
2: yes that's that's perfect yeah that really annoyed me but that's the only thing i remember from this match to be honest
1: um, there was another really bad spot where Cobb started taking the Lariat bump before Juice actually made any contact with him. Like, Juice was running into the Lariat, and Cobb, like, already was starting to fall backwards. I'm like, oh, boy, that looked really bad, guys. Um, so some, there was some nice German suplex at the end. You know, good little fishing sequence that saved it to some degree, but, like, it only got up, like, two and a quarter for me. I thought this was, like – I mean, look, Jeff Cobb. I, some people I thought were way too hard on him in his first two matches. I thought he was—he looked fine in those two matches, but here he looked brutal. I thought yeah. like, this was not a—not a good night for Jeffrey Cobb.
2: Robinson looked—I thought—really good actually, and he got yeah, a little was, offense into. Yeah. I think I think there's a shot that he's going to finish on like ten or twelve points, which I didn't really expect coming in.
1: Yeah, he's already—he's already two and one, right? So. Yeah, um, three and a quarter then, for me, by the way. Yeah,
2: let I me mean, let me get, let me get in my quarter. stars.
1: You went two and a quarter. Two and okay. a quarter. Okay. That was pretty bad. <laughs> below, below average match. Okay. At <laughs> uh, that, Toriano and Jay White. Yano uh, defeated White in 304, The roll up moves Yano to two and one. Drops Jay White to zero and three. Oh, yeah. Now here, this I will admit, this is Jay White's record to me is scarier for Naito than Naito's record, <laughs> because it does have that scenario where like Jay White could enter the final night, of the G one with nothing to play for, and then be the upset. Mm-hmm. you know just upset Naito and like get into the white Naito fee for the rest of the year which would be obviously like people mm-hmm. played this scenario out and I think obviously that would be very bad
2: I guess we're all I assuming assume... I guess we're all assuming that white Naito is going to be the main event but there's a chance that you could have Mox Juice as the main event or something like that
1: yeah that's true Like, but either way though if Naito I, I still think that doesn't win the block but this to me right. like, the scary this is the scariest part basically that white could enter in as a spoiler basically um, as far as the match itself, I, you know, I slapped the three stars on it, which to me is like the standard, I was amused at Naito's score. Um, <laughs> may, most of the, most of it comes from Jay White's like, in, like his indignation about Yano's cheating attempts. Yes. Like just, it isn't really, you know, it it's always funny when a cheating. He always like indignant at cheating baby face. And yeah. Jay, Jay was really good here, like being very angry and like indignant about it. Um. But, yeah, so Yano, like, he spit water. He Yano also, like, he deserves the 3 stars just for holding the water in his mouth like three straight <laughs> minutes and then spitting it out when when, when Jay has a blade runner on. And then he won off of that, too, which is awesome. So yeah. there you go. I know and I then didn't... Gato, Gato with the why you smiling motherfuckers to the English language, and now his team is funny, too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know I'm gonna be higher on, on all the all the Yano matches than the consensus, but I enjoyed this a lot. I liked the <laughs> the dueling cheating and like uh going to the outside early on, you know, it's whatever. Um I went three and a half with it, so I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of people being higher on things, Goto and Naito. uh Nito beat Goto in 1601 with the destino. Oh
2: yeah, you love this.
1: This is a match I'm I'm higher on than virtually everybody. I thought this was fucking awesome. Um you know, I thought the character work from both guys is amazing. Uh, you know, if you it comes in, it starts with Goto choking Naito the LA Dojo shirt, which was amazing because Naito spent the entire time mocking him for that t-shirt. So that was like la-do-ho. a great little great little ad That's That was a great little start. <laughs> um you know, they were like there's a really cool counter early on where like Goto like just shrugged off the sweep kick and didn't go down for the Cabron combination. And then like kick Naito in the chest when he went to do the springboard. That was like such a cool move. Uh, then Naito did the leg snap and the apron, and then you know like Goto do the leg selling. Um, but then you know we got the like a running corner drop kick on the leg, which was looked brutal. Um, but yeah, and, and then Goto. I, I saw some people say that Goto dropped the leg. I don't really agree because he would he would keep dropping Naito on his bad knee, but he would like collapse and sell the leg at the same time. I thought like his, his selling the leg was actually really good. He did kind of forget about it down the stretch. And I, I took points off of that, honestly, but like for a while he was selling the leg, even while he was doing like, you know, these, these leg based moves. Um, but yeah, like there was a big reverse sequence that looked a little awkward, but then there was this amazing counter DDT by Naito that I think that I thought almost totally made up for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went four and a half on this, so I was way higher than everybody else. And I thought it was great, amazing character work by both guys. Awesome selling by Goto. I thought Goto was, like, incredible in this match, and I just thought it built super well to the finish. So uh, it wasn't quite my favorite match of the tournament, but it was close. So, there you go.
2: Yeah, it was three and three quarters on it, so obviously I hated it. Um, yeah. But yeah, good character work from both guys. I think that was the one thing that stuck out to me the most. But you You kind of already covered that, but uh, the pre-match comments uh, or the post-match comments from the previous nights, I think, did build into this match a little bit. I don't always watch those, but I'm glad I did for this match because it, it, they kind of told the story early on of kind of Naito being in Goto's head. Um, so I thought that was good, and the work was good, but it just it didn't quite hit the four star mark for me, but it was awfully close. So three and three quarters, good match.
1: Then the main event: John Moxley defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 2036: The Death Rider. Uh, moved him to three and zero, maybe surprisingly, and dropped Ishii down to two and one. But yeah, this was a we started out with a, you know like a wild brawl. They just started like four each other in the face, and then Moxley took Ishii to the Korakin e sign, which you could tell like he probably has wanted to do that for years and years and years. <laughs> like he probably has seen like big Japan guys do that a million times, watching tapes or whatever, and was like. You told Ishii like we're going to that fucking sign because I'm not gonna miss my chance. Maybe my only chance. Who knows? To drill somebody into that cork in each sign. Um, they did like a chair duel on the floor, which I enjoyed. There was like this really cool like high front drop kick by John Moxley at one point in the ring, which was like one of those moves where you're just like, how many WWE guys just don't get to do any moves? You know what I mean? <laughs> like. I feel like that's one of my favorite parts about when WWE guys leave is just watching them try all this shit and be like, wow, that was great. Like, why don't, why don't you do this move? Like, why did you do this move in WWE? And you imagine some agent was like, Oh, your, your character wouldn't do a high front dropkick, sir. So you're not allowed to do that. But yeah, I mean, he looked awesome. Um, and then there was like, Ishii did like, uh, the fucking giant splash of the table on the floor. That was obviously awesome. Not a thing he usually does flying through the air. Um, the, the big complaint I would have here for this portion was I, I didn't like the sequence. They both caught each other on the sliding lariat. It was, like, too cute by half, and especially the second counter didn't look all that natural. Um, but then, like, you know, they, did, they went into, like, the All Japan stuff after that, which, again, I imagine Moxie was like, we're doing the we're doing the All Japan counters, man. But, like, <laughs> he does the big lariat after the Ishii, like, German no-sell. Um, I mean, this is where he especially looked like he's had the time of his life to me. Yeah. Um. The headbutts didn't look great. I will say that. Yes, just not. That was a, I don't want them. I don't want them to go out there and like just headbutt each other as hard as they can. But like, if you're gonna do it that lightly, just don't do it. Basically. Right. Um. But then Moxley like killed him with that knee trembler. That was awesome.
2: Yes, I loved um, that real knee spot. That was great, and he exposed the knee. I believe that was great. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then there was like the, I I kind of wish when he hit the double RDT out of nowhere. That had been the finish because. That would have felt like almost like the Death Riot out of nowhere version, like the RKO, RKO out of nowhere. You know, that would have been like such a cool finish. Yeah. Just to counter that slap into it. But then Ishii kicked out and you know to hit another one, which I thought was a little uh you know unnecessary. But still, these were nitpicks. I thought the match fucking rocked. I went four and a half again, which makes us one of my favorite nights of the tournament. Two four and a half star matches plus a four Oof. and a quarter. So very good show.
2: Four and a quarter for me. Great match. Some of the outside brawling, I thought, got a little bit long in the tooth, but overall, very good match. So four and a quarter stars for me. Ishii's up there it. for... Hated, Hated it. it. Hated it. Hated it, yeah. Ishii's uh, up there for wrestling the tournament. He's got to be already.
1: Yeah. So Saturday at Cork and Hall, the final night we'll be talking about, night number seven, the fourth night for the A Block. Mm-hmm. It opened up with Zach Sabre Jr. and Bad Luck Fale uh zach finally gets his first one of the tournament in 6:30 via ring out um this wasn't like terrible or anything i think i went like two yeah. and three quarters on it that's the same one um, yeah i mean for a folly match two and three quarters is pretty damn <laughs> good anyway so um you know i mean i, I kind of liked zach just like hanging all over him like some kind of demented spider yeah that was uh that was a little interesting but then all the interference obviously kind of like was like, okay, where the fuck is Suzuki going exactly? So that was a little bit annoying, but then the, the bad luck, folly, the, the fall te- the bad luck fall teeth in the stands and then the grenade counter and the arm bar was really fun. And I liked Zach running in and winning by count out. So
2: it was two and three quarters, Jumping like jumping over people to get back into the ring at 19 or whatever. I'll, i always love count finishes yeah. for some reason in the G one or best super juniors or whatever. I like, it wasn't quite at the level of that Kanemaru match in the Best of the Super Juniors, which I just loved.
1: Yeah, we got going Yeah,
2: but it was still good. Who did that to show? I think right? it was show, yeah. Was a show, I think. I mean, he almost did the Shingo, but the
1: Shingo won. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Kanemaru had a real good uh Then now. we have That's Tom. Yeah,
1: he was good. Then we have Tanahashi and Lance Archer. Tanahashi wins at 1158 with a victory roll to move the two and two, drop Archer two and two. I love roll-up finishes in the G1, actually. They're <laughs> awesome. Um, so Archer was, like, just destroying Tanahashi for a while, which was cool. And the crowd started cheering for him, which is, like, wow. You now they were, like, Archer chants. Um, and then, like, if I have one big complaint, it was, like, Lance, he basically caught him off the crossbody into a choke slam, but it looked pretty bad like they didn't time it correctly so that was like a, mm-hmm. a big big problem with the match for me um and the ending victory will look a little awkward so i take points off for that but i still went three and three quarters still an enjoyable match
2: three and three quarters for me as well archer's been great this tournament it's not like just like a talking point from you know wrestling media like some people make it out to be like i think he's been actually really good so yeah
1: he's yeah, been great yeah. i don't know what people are what do people want from the man i don't yeah. understand. <laughs> then Kenta and Evil. Yeah. Kenta defeated Evil in 1503. the go to sleep. Moves Kenta to 4-0. It drops Evil to 2-2. Um, the the first big highlight was like Kenta started like smearing Evil's eye makeup like in, up, along the ropes, and the crowd got so angry <laughs> they were like booing very and like getting very mad. I'm like, the, the, this this fucking messing with a goth's eye makeup got like great <laughs> heat. So there you go he um,
2: was so over man
1: yeah he was yeah. really over it's true i mean so all of them is really yeah um and then kenta like he really started playing into the jeers he got after the the suplex on the chairs on the stage like the crowd really started getting on him and you know the kenta just kind of like started posing and, be, and getting into it which i liked uh so this is awesome i thought it was four stars you know not the whole thing with Kenta, like, you know, I think I had this rant last time, but he's not peak Kenta. He's never going to be 2005 right. Kenta. Who the fuck in 2019 that was active in 2005 is as good as they were in 2005? You know, like, people need to fucking chill with that. But, like, he's still a great fit in this G1. He's brought, like, a, a very needed element that hasn't been there that's, like, cocky little prick who kicks really hard. Mind you, uh Shibata. Yeah. Not as good as Shibata, but, like, who the fuck is? So, like, <laughs> what do, I what do you I yeah. love
2: I love it when he does the uh, the sleeper PK spot that Shibata does. I, I always pop for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and I and I like also that he's got this like anti um you know, not not like this he has the anti Noah people basically who like really don't like him doing well. So yes,
2: he got yeah. great heat. I mean, throughout this match. I think part of it is what you were saying is we did it in the match, and then there's also like the New Japan, like hardcore New Japan fan that yeah. doesn't like the invader. So I, I starting four and zero. He's got good heat. He's I think the favorite to win a block now, or tied with Ibushi, um, in the betting markets. Did you Did you end up betting on the G? I did. I
1: did bet. on true. Yes. Sure.
2: I yeah. did. I did bet on a couple. I betted on a couple matches. I bet on the main event of this show. Had yeah. a had a few <laughs> had a few drinks on some overconfident Osprey fans, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, this oh, was really good. Money,
1: oh, so you made money off of that.
2: Of wow. course, yeah.
1: Good job.
2: Yeah, three and, uh, three and three quarters for me on this match, by the way.
1: Okay. Then Kota Ibushi and Evil, or Kota Ibushi and Sonata, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ibushi won in 1914 with the Kamagoe, uh, moves him to two and two and drops Sonata one and three. All right. Here's where I really want to give people a take. Uh oh. The new, you, you know how there's always like a take where you can tell that people stopped watching like six yeah. months ago? Yeah. The new one is going to be Sonata Has No Charisma. That's gonna be the new take where you can tell it's like, oh, you stopped watching, and you don't, you mm-hmm. don't actually know. What you, you watch
2: New Japan through the gifts.
1: You watch your Japan <laughs> through the gifts, and you haven't actually watched <laughs> the show. Because not has tons of charisma, and like, first of all, he always had charisma. He just expressed it in a different way. Right. But now he's not trying to be Mister like antisocial anymore. Like he's leaning, you know, he's playing the crowd like crazy. If anything, he's playing the crowd maybe a little too much, more than anything. But like, the crowd's really into him. And he has plenty of charisma. So anyone who said anyone who sa- gives you that take, you can probably safely ignore them. Like they don't actually watch New Japan anymore. Anyway, um, you know this was really good, and I'm I'm glad because their match last year in the G One was really disappointing. But um, you know this, basically, there was one point where Sonata was like you know, like I said, playing the crab, maybe a little too much. So when he like, he basically did like a wacky flip out of the apron and then did another wacky flip back in just to like, when Ibushi like got out of the way, just to show off. And Ibushi like made him pay with like this awesome springboard drop kick. That was a really cool spot. Um, they did go a little early into the rest holes right after that, which I took a little points off for, but then like they got right back into like crazy shit with like a, uh, you know, the snap sit out power bomb code it does now, which is even cooler than his last ride variant. Um, And there was like this, they did a a counter of the the Kamigoi where like Sonata, like it was almost too subtle for the live crowd. The the crowd didn't even figure out what the fuck he was doing. So in that case, I guess you could say it was a flaw, but like it looks so cool once you figure out what it was. Like he basically, when, when Ibushi pulled him back in for the knee, he just very, very, very slightly dodged it at the last possible second. So his knee just got the air. But, like, the crowd couldn't even tell what the fuck was going on. I couldn't so, tell what was going on. See, I, mean, I, I was actually – that spot,
2: I didn't even notice that. So, for me, it looks kind of it kind of wacky. This looks like Ibushi missed the knee.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. you have to – maybe you could say that it's that, not a great spot, but I thought it was really cool once you figured yeah. out what you were
2: doing. I guess I'm not as, you know, focused as, as John is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: it was a really cool finishing stretch. Awesome match on four and a quarter – Way better than the G1 match last year. Way, way
2: better. Yeah, the G1 match last year, I think, got a little bit too harshly panned for that one, like, super awkward sequence that always gets um, put up on Twitter. I think I saw it again today. Um, but I, I I didn't think either match was great. There were a few spots that looked a little wacky. There's that one gif going around where Sonata just, like, completely misses the kick. And, like, that's, like, the drop dropkick. I don't know if you've seen that, but oh, yeah. that, that didn't really bother me. Um a lot of people are piling on that. It's like uh, Sonata goes for a kick and then abushi just kind of like waves it off because he didn't even um touch um, him. People,
1: but... people really hit that spot that, I mean yeah, that was like that was like a minute in the match and like right, exactly. Like, I just thought it was like abushi being like, well, I'm not gonna exactly. go this- I it thought was- it looked cool, but there were people yeah. like, like piling. Really- he like, people, I, people I was- pick weird shit to like yeah. pile on sometimes.
2: yeah similar thing. I just didn't hundred percent connect with this match was a little bit awkward um at times they did some cool stuff though um three and a quarter for me um maybe i would like it more if i didn't think that ibushi just missed the knee (laughs) if i actually noticed what she noticed so maybe that would have liked it more because that kind of took me out of it a little bit um yeah decent match overall um i wish sonatic is kind of inconsistent in terms of facials i feel like um so i wish he would get a little bit more consistent with that um but other than that i think he's been getting, you know, a lot better, to your point, with the charisma, and I never really thought he was bad in that regard, um, but he's definitely exuding <laughs> even more, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> he was bad. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> Okada, Okada and uh, Will Ospreay, the main event, Okada defeating Ospreay in twenty one fifty six with the Rainmaker to move to 4-0, which means he and Kenta will be having a undefeated match up next, but yeah. drops Ospreay to 1-3. Um, okay, so here's my thing about this match. It was really awesome. I'm going to say that first of all, because people are going to hear my complaints and think I didn't like it. I mean, I gave it a very high rating. Um, it might have suffered a little bit for me where I saw a lot of the hype before I actually watched it, which, you know, was always a little rough because then you're always like, well, you know, is this really as good as people are saying? Early on, I thought they did a really good job at the the size difference stuff where Osway would get these. Would uh, Okada would just absorb these forms from Okada, from Osprey. I, I said that completely wrong. Okada would absorb these forms from Osprey and just completely shrug them off, and then just throw one form at Osprey and just completely level him. Which I thought it was good, like really like making the size different look, uh, you know, more obvious. But then they would go into all these spots where Okada was just as fast as Will Ospreay, which on one hand is impressive, like, you know, it's impressive that Okada can keep up with him to that degree when he's so much bigger, but on the other hand, it makes the match feel a little weird where it's like, well, then what fucking advantage will Ospreay have here? If Okada is bigger than him and stronger than him, and can keep up with him and is just as fucking fast, then what are we doing, exactly? Like, what is then Okada is just completely unbeatable. You know, which is fine. He is the ace. But, like, it made it felt like Will had no chance, and I was not spoiled watching. So that made it, it was like, okay, well, Will can't win this if is going to be just as fast. So from a kayfabe perspective, I didn't like that, the fact that they were, you know, if they, I, I, it's impressive they were working at that pace just to show they could, but I thought it took away from the story of the match. Anyway, um, the Oz Cutter on the floor, sick as hell. Um, but they, they killed the Oz Cutter so badly that, like, when they did that second one back on the ring, I didn't think they were going to get the pin for even a second. Um, there was like a there was like a German counter by Okada of like the super corner version of the Oscutter that didn't yeah. look that great. It could could have looked better, but then Osprey did the Spanish fly counter the Rainmaker, which was fucking perfect. And Corrigan thought that was the pin, so that should tell you how perfect that looked. Um, oh, they thought the the shooting star was the pin, which I couldn't actually couldn't believe they were they bought that. So to that degree. Okada's um, really
2: good about like waiting right till the end on those near falls. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there was a tombstone by Will and Okada, which I thought looked really dangerous for for them to do that tombstone with that height difference. Uh, it looked brutal. So that's good. But yeah. I, I would not have, I would not have risked my, my champion's neck on that tombstone. Um, but then, but then there was like a quasi Rainmaker counter, the Stormbreaker that like looked really sick way better than the earlier Stormbreaker counter um and yeah and then just by the end I thought it was four and a half stars I totally get why other people had it higher you know I'm I'm not surprised it got a lot of four and three quarters and five stars but um Mm -hmm. like I said the the you know I think I laid out my flaws with it pretty well but still four and a half star match so I fucking hated it I guess you know
2: whatever yeah I I must be real low on it then because I went four and a quarter (laughs) wow (laughs) I really hated it yeah
1: really hated it
2: yeah but uh, yeah, this was the type of match when, like, when I was watching it into the closing stretch, I knew for a fact that there were going to be people that went, you know, way higher than me, like four and three quarters plus. Um a lot of Yeah, uh, you know, it was the type of match where I knew that because it the finishing stretch was, I mean, incredible. A lot of those counters, like the Rainmaker into the Stormbreaker attempt, at least um, that spot just looked sick. Um, a lot of nice counters, a great finishing stretch but it was the type of match where it had that and kind of the first like half of the match was almost nothing. Like I, uh, the first half of the match, I almost like actively disliked in a way. Mm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like not a lot of people have said that. So maybe I'm out to lunch there, but it kind of felt sort of dry. And like, it felt like this Osprey kid is like, it felt like Okada was just, he, it wasn't even like he was doing the cocky Okada thing. Really, it was just like he was better than uh, than Osprey, and it was just kind of him like beating down Osprey in the first half of the match, which makes sense for the story that they were telling. But from a match quality perspective, I thought uh, I didn't really like it as much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I almost thought they made the gap between them look too big, like, right? With like Alkata being just as fast as Will in a lot of spots, and uh-huh. obviously having the the strength and power advantage, it's like well, Will just can't hang with him, which is fine but then it's like it's supposed to – I mean, I thought they would make this one be a lot closer, and it just felt like, well, Okada's still like on a way be, way higher level. So,
2: All right, so – Can we talk oh. about the take that Osprey could stop wrestling today and he'd be the wrestler of the year? <laughs> <laughs> can we – I know we had like an hour-long debate in the slack about this, but that was – I really don't
1: ever want to talk about it again, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, but come on. Come on. I don't know. But
1: yeah, look, people people are gonna like what they like. Right. There's no point in you know, and I'm sure he is gonna win rest of the year. Of course, of course, he's going to win. Right. Yeah, but like you know, I I just think it's a little is a little silly that people refuse to acknowledge that working working in certain places gives you a huge advantage. Right. If you work in Europe, you work a lot of singles matches um, that get like a certain profile. And especially if you work in New Japan and Europe, you're gonna have this crazy, you know, uh, what's it called? You know, this crazy uh,
2: G1. backlog of
1: yeah. oh, this crazy like backlog of matches that people are just gonna be like, "Whoa, you're way, you're just way higher than me on everything." Right? Like, like this, you know. And I, I get it. You know, maybe, maybe that that's just, you know, fair is not really a thing. It just yeah. feels like that's. You know, it's like what what is what is Koda's Bushi supposed to do about the fact that Will got to work the best mm-hmm. of Super Junior and Will got to work the G one and Will got to do all these matches in Europe. Right. It's like there's really nothing he can do about that.
2: That's um That's what I know. brought up is that like and I kind that's what started the whole thing is I said, like, okay, I think Koda Bushi's had just as many or more good matches as Will Ospreay, but even if you think Will Osprey's had more, he's had thirty four singles matches to Koda Bushi's ten, and they're you know I mean, people are going to like what they're going to like, but if you can not at least acknowledge that Osprey's had, you know, so many more chances, it's not like, oh, he's getting booked and abushi's not getting booked. Like, abushi has an exclusive contract. abushi's a heavyweight. He's not going to go work progress in the best of the Super Junior. So, I don't know. I feel like people need to take, first off, quality over quantity. I don't really care if you have 23 and three-quarter star matches. Like, if you're talking about most s wrestler, I really care about the high-end stuff. I and understand. also, I think people need to take into account opportunities. Like someone like Cerise had 10 matches make tape this year. Um, that's not really her fault. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's whatever.
1: It is whatever. Yeah. All right. So, let me give my ranking so far of the G1. So, I will say, I mean, as far wait, as wait,
2: I... sorry. Um, matches or shows or wrestlers or...
1: Matches, yeah. Okay. So, um, first thing I want to say is that I have 19. 18 matches of four stars or higher already. That's crazy. Um, so yeah. I have four. Only, have. I actually only have four four flats, and then I have four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine four and a quarters, and then I have another six four and a half. So I have a lot of four star plus. I don't have anything four and three quarters or five yet. But as far as anybody debating, you know what? What if this year is better than last year? This year destroys last year. Actually, I don't even think it's close to up to this point because. You know, last year, the A block was utter shit. And this year, you have two blocks that are both putting out tons of good matches. So, like, it's really not even close. Um, You know, there's no Tomatonga dragging down an entire block. Bab- even Bablak Fale, who's still not good. You know, that match he had with Lance Archer was three and a quarter is probably better than anything he did in the entire G1 last year. Um, You know, Jay White, who was, like... Also dragging down the A-block was cheating shit. Like he really hasn't been doing as much of that this year. And he he's in my match of the tournament so far. So, you know, he's just been a lot better. But yeah. How many four star plus did you say you had? I have nineteen.
2: Nineteen. Okay. I have seventeen. So I guess that's not as crazy as a take as I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, it's been a really great tournament.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're only a third of the way through, and it's already been really awesome. Yeah. So I am gonna read my top. 10 here which are all so the, the top six are all four and a half so it starts with Tomiho ishii versus jay white from hokkaido in first place then Bushi versus will osprey from july 18th and cork and in second naito versus goto july 19th cork and in third moxley versus ishii july 19th cork and in fourth okada versus osprey july 20th cork and fifth okada versus tanahashi july 6th and dallas in dallas and sixth. then you get into the four and a quarters Kenta versus Tanahashi, July 14th, Oda City in seventh. Ibo versus Ibushi, July 14th, Oda City in eighth. Juice Robinson versus Shingo, July 13th, and Oda City in ninth. And Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr., July 6th, and Dallas in tenth. So mm-hmm. those are my top ten so far. Um, All right. Um, go ahead with yours.
2: Okay. Um, okay, we'll do, it. we'll do it live. I'm doing it on the fly here. <laughs> so... Number one for me would probably be Evil and Kotobushi still at four and a half. Love the ankle work in that match. So that's from day three. Um, number two would be the only other match I have at four and a half so far. I've been real stingy. It would be Abushi and Osprey um, from day five. Number three, I would probably throw Akata and Osprey from day seven. Number four, I'll say Taichi and Shingo from day six. Number five would be... Uh, This is a great audio. Number five will be Juice and Shingo from day two. And I'll cut it off there. So okay. yeah. Shingo and Taichi, I think, are having pretty underrated tournaments so far, I guess, according to my top five matches.
1: Yeah. And, well, then, and then I got my averages here. So let's okay. see. I, I do
2: have this planned, at least.
1: Okay. So they <laughs> block Bad Luck Folly, not surprisingly, has a two and a quarter average. The worst, uh, I think, if anybody needed a block. Yeah. That Evil has three point five six. Tanahashi four point nineteen. Uh, Okada three point three eight. He's dragged down a lot by that one star a match. Uh, Kenta four stars flat. Ibushi leading the A block four point three one. Lance Archer three point six three. Sonata four point zero six. Osprey four point nineteen. And Zack Sabre Jr. three point six nine. So the leaders here, the people over four, Ibushi. Then Tanahashi and Osprey, both tied. Then Sonata and then Kenta. All
2: so. right, A block for me. Okay, I have Fale last with two and a half star average. Uh, Evil at three and a quarter, dragged down by that Fale match. Sonata at three and a half. I'm rounding here. Um, Okada three and three quarters. Archer three and three quarters. Um, Saber three and three quarters. Uh, Kenta four stars abushi four stars tanahashi a shade over four stars and then will osprey number one in the a block for me at a 4.13 average
1: i'm gonna to try to read mine in order too that makes more sense probably <laughs> so on the b block toriano in last place with 2.92 uh then with around a 3.3 and a third 3.33 i have juice robinson and jeff cobb um 3.58 for jay white you know, helped greatly by that four and a half star match in Hokkaido because it's the only thing I have really liked so far. Um, Hiroki Goto with three and three quarters. Naicho, maybe surprisingly, with three and three quarters, but he just hasn't had a ton of opportunities yet, you know. And if, if I had that Taichi match higher, it would have helped. Tai <laughs> at four stars flat, so suck on oh, yeah. that, Tai Chi haters. Yeah. Um, and then John Moxie also at four stars flat. And the runaway leader of B block is Tomi E at 4.42. So, four point four
2: two, oh, leading,
1: yeah. the, leading the entire tournament for me so far yeah. a little bit above uh ibushi's 4.31 so there you
3: go
2: all right so for me and b block i have yano at three and a half i know i am i'm high on Yano. So. <laughs> um goto at three and a half or so jay white at 3.67 okada at three and three quarters so a weak year from him so far in general i'd say i think is you know two biggest matches of the year the jericho match and the white match were kind of disappointing i'm getting sidetracked but i just say i think okada's had better years um archer at 3.81 and saber at 3.81 and then getting into the i guess Led tournament contender oh am i doing i'm doing the wrong block i've doing a block yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so uh i did goto and yana so white at 3.67 moxley and cobb at 3.75 robinson at 3.75 uh, Naito at 3.92, and then into the sort of rest of the tournament contenders is Shingo at four flat, Taichi at four flat, and then the, I wouldn't say runaway, but currently my rest of the tournament is Tomohiro Ishii at a 4.17 average, a little bit lower on that white match than most people, so that's what brings I, it down a little bit. I think
1: I, think I forgot to say Shingo. i have a three and three quarters also with Koto mm-hmm. and, and Naito. Just he has two four and a quarters, but then he has that two and three quarter Yano match. So basically, the people who wrestle Yano already are greatly disadvantaged. uh,
2: See, this is why we need to control for opponents, John. (laughs) Control for opportunity. Only like one person listening will get the the VW Slack reference.
1: If they, if if even that. Yeah. So let's wrap up the G1 talk by previewing this week's upcoming matches. Just like last week, we'll each pick a most anticipated match. So we have three days off right now. Bullshit. So, starts yeah. back on Wednesday at Hiroshima in the Sun Plaza Hall with a B-Block show. We have Juice Robinson against Toriyano, Hiroki Goto against Taichi, John Moxley against Shingo Takagi, Ooh. Jeff Cobb against Jay White, and the main event, Ishii versus Naito. Moxie takagi will be great, but I, like Naito and Ishii, especially the year Ishii's is having, I mean, those two never have bad matches and often have like amazing matches, so... I would be shocked if that that's not one of the best matches of the tournament.
2: Yeah. Ishii and Naito as well for me. I think they had a great match last year. It was a Corkin main event, if I recall correctly, that I thought was kind of got lost in the shuffle by the end, but I thought it was a tremendous match. Yeah. Uh, that's got to be number one for me. Shout out to Umino and Tamahashi against Narita and Ibushi on this card. Oh, yeah. Um, if they put in yeah. effort, that could be good.
1: Yeah. Especially after three days off, I'll be like in the mood to maybe watch them to Yeah, Yeah. Then there's two days off, and because New Japan lives to torture me – There's two shows right there in the (laughs) middle of Oticon. Which, by the way, if you're going to the largest East Coast anime con in the United States this weekend, Oticon, you can come see me host the New Japan Pro Wrestling panel next Friday um, in, I believe, panel room six. But you can check the schedule, 8.15 p.m. on Friday. Come see me talk all about New Japan. We're going to play Ibushi Naito. From Dominion. I'm going to make everybody fucking squirm. It's going to be awesome. Ah, that's perfect. Oh, uh, I love that. We, we're starting right with the Germans. So Nagoya, Saturday, and the Aichi Perfectual Gymnasium. This is the A-block show. of the oh, This is a nice card. Only one. Kota Ibushi versus Lance Archer. Will Ospreay versus Bad Luck Fale. Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. Hiroshi Tanahashi against Sonata. And the main event, Kazuchika Okada against Kenta. Both will be entering 4-0. Uh, I mean, this card, like you said, looks really cool. I mean, there's a lot of shout-outs here. Shout-out to Evil and Zach. Had a really cool match earlier this year. Shout-out to Tanahashi and Sonata. Had a really good match earlier this year. And I think we'll probably have another really good one here. Mm-hmm. But I have to go with Okada Kenta. I'm just really curious as to what they Absolutely.
2: Off. Yeah, it's the yeah, main you know, event. I mean, it's got to be the main event. Who, who do you think wins that match? Both guys 4-0. It's going to be Kento. hard. You think Kenta wins? Yeah. Starting out 5-0. Yeah, Oof. and
1: I think he's going to crash after that. But I think he's... Gonna start five and zero oh and like. I, th- start I, I
2: mentioned it earlier when I was mentioning that I won money on the uh, Osprey Okada match, but Kenta on that on the gambling website has moved into a joint favorite with Okada and Ibushi for a block, and I wouldn't be too surprised if he won the block at this point. Yeah, he's getting that big of a lead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whoa, Shingo and Naito against Umino and Moxie on this card. Have the undercard tags been like this interesting the whole tour?
1: Uh, not really, but some okay. Of them, I guess. <laughs> okay. And then the final show of the week, Sunday, for, also from the IT Perfectural Gym in Nagoya, uh, there's a B-Block show. You have Goto and Yano, Juice Robinson against Ishii, Jeff Cobb against Taichi, Shingo against Jay White, and the main event, Naito and John Moxley. I mean, this is not even close for me. I cannot wait to see what the fuck Naito and Moxley do.
2: This is a sneaky good card. I think Juice and yeah. Ishii had a really great match in the G1 last year after both were eliminated. Cobb and Taichi, I was really high on their match earlier this year. Yeah, but that yeah, it's got, it,
1: that looks awesome.
2: yeah, it's got to be Naito and Moxley though for me. Yeah, the main event on all three shows looks looks nice and spicy. I'm yeah. excited. Are you? Uh, you, you're still confident in Naito?
1: Yeah, I'm still reasonably confident. Look, all I will say is right. on the Naito thing. If if he's not winning this, I do not understand why they they're st- what they're still saving Naito Okada for. It just feels like. If that's not a Dome match, you know, unless Aito's not going to win the G1, he's going to win the briefcase later. I just don't understand what they're saving Naito Okada for. It just feels like Gato would have used it for something by now if he wasn't saving it for the Dome. So, I don't know. All right, let's move into DDT land because we have the show of the year to talk about DDT Wrestle Peter Pan 2019. We are not going to disrespect the show of the year, unlike some other podcasts on this network. Uh, it opened up from the Oda War Gymnasium, 3,798 fans, you know, um, obviously a free ticket show, so I can't really call that a huge success or anything, but people showed up. That's good. Um, I didn't watch the undermatches. I never got around to it. What do you think of the undermatches? Uh, Thomas, did I lose you? Oh, Thomas muted himself. Okay, I guess he had to run. <laughs> uh, so, Peter Pan. Let's see. The opening match of the Peter Pan was Shunma Katsumata, Yuki Ino, and Mizuki Watase, defeating Yuki Ueno, Naomi Yoshimura, and Nobihiro Shimatani. Ino pinned Shimatani with the spear in twelve eleven. 11 I thought this was a very cool opener. You know, not like the match of the fucking year or anything, but like a very fun, like three and a half star level match. Um, you know, Thomas, you ran away and I didn't notice. So what <laughs> you, I, I was just talking about the opener, right. but like, did you see the? Did you see the two dark matches or no?
2: I did see the two dark matches. I reviewed the show for the site, by the way. Shout out, give that a review or uh, give that a view. I mean, okay, yeah. So
1: what do you what do you think of the two dark matches?
2: Uh, Umeda and Nakamura. Kind of a nothing squash match. Um, I didn't hear your take on it, but I went like two stars on it, you know, whatever. It was like five minutes long. Um, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, And then the Tokyo Joshi match, I thought, was actually pretty solid. Three and a quarter on it for me. Um, Nuka Tenma, I think, had a pretty strong performance. Uh, yeah, Yeah, not too much to say about the under matches.
1: But the opening six man I liked, I went three and a half on it. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I was real high on it. I went four stars. It was nice. I liked how they contrasted the, you know, fast-paced Savueno with, you know, Yoshimura and Ino uh, going back and forth with the more like Lariat exchanges. Uh, great match. Shimatani took the pin, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I went four stars on it. So. Uh,
1: match number two, number two, the DNA first, first life alumni match. Kachisada Higuchi and Ryoto Nakatsu beat Kota Umeda and Koki Iwasaki. Higuchi pinned to Umeda with the go Ted in 1326. This was good. I think maybe I was a little too hyped for it going in. I mm-hmm. thought it was, um, you know, I went like three and a half on it again, but I, I think maybe expecting a little more. But like, the, there was like a crazy Higuchi and Umeda exchange. That was the highlight. But as far as the match as, as a whole goes, it wasn't quite up to the level I was expecting going in.
2: Yeah, I agree that it maybe didn't quite reach expectations for me. Three and three quarters for me. I'm going to miss Umeida. Um Yeah, another chance for me to, repl- to plug Ryoto Nakatsu on the show. Um, most underrated wrestler in the world. Go watch some Basara if you don't believe me. Love love me some Ryoto Nakatsu. <laughs>
1: um, and then match number three, Super Joshi Pro Wars yeah. 2018. Yoshiko <laughs> defeated Saki Akai with the Diving Senton 832. Now, Saki Akai making her entrance here is when I decided that she is exactly like Usagi from Sailor Moon. What I mean by that is we all know that she's going to be queen of the entire Earth like so, in some distant future. <laughs> but we got to pretend that she's just a normal young lady for now, so it's a little weird. But we all know that she is like the future queen of the Earth, like, just to get that out of the way. Um, I don't know which villain that makes Yoshiko. Maybe like Sailor Tin Miyako, maybe. Like, they have a kind of a similar vibe. There you go. Sounds right, Josh. I'll take your word
3: for it. (laughs)
1: Um, But yeah, this match was great. Uh, This was like one of those matches where like the people who don't actually watch DDT or Tokyo Joshi for that matter don't know that Saki's better now. Like Mm -hmm. hopefully you know now if you saw this match because like, you know, it wasn't you or it might have been – it was either you or Kelly in the Slack that was like she doesn't look like a deer – You know, on ice skates anymore. She looks like just a tall lady who kicks a lot. Like she doesn't doesn't look awkward anymore. You know, like she still looks a little awkward, but she doesn't look like she's gonna fucking fall down.
2: Right. I don't think it was me. I've respected her for for a while. Yeah.
1: I think it was Kelly. Yeah. So shout out to Kelly. Uh, But Yoshiko caught her out of midair like a sleeper, like swung her around. That was so badass. And then like. Saki, like you know, again, which she, she used to start by just barely touching anybody, and now she just kicks people right in the fucking face, and she kicked Yoshiko right in the goddamn face. It was great. Um, it was three and three quarters. Better than almost anything. The only match on the AEW show because I watched it on the same day. The only match on fucking uh, I don't even remember the name of the show now. Fight for the Fallen that I would even I would even consider better than this match is maybe Kenny and Shima, and it's close. I gave him the same rating. So Kai more talent than the entire AEW roster. That's my take. We're
2: definitely not going to go into an AEW <laughs> diatribe, but I don't know. That promotion is a little bit. It's still in its grace period. I feel like people are like too scared to criticize it. I feel like the last show was kind of.
1: Hey, yeah. I'm not too scared to criticize. Yeah, it.
2: I listen. No, I listened to Omakase last week, and you know, I think,
1: I, I'll take all your fucking one star reviews. I don't give a shit. <laughs>
2: Yeah, It was funny. I was listening to Omakase last week and I forgot because we planned this pretty far in advance and I forgot that I was going to be on the show this week and at the end you're like yes, we'll have Thomas Fishbeck on next week. And it's like, oh. <laughs> but yeah. I just,
1: I'm just announcing guests without asking now. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, like, next week it'll be, ha I'm the king of the world.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so three and three yeah. quarters for me for this. It was great. is a great heel. Although I will say I'm until... Sure,
1: Saki a card is great. Give yes. Saki your credit. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> the crowd was incredible in this match. Um, so shout out to the to the Award crowd, I thought. They were really behind uh, Saki the whole way. Um, I that made, all night. Yeah, though well, the crowd was great all night, yeah, for sure. But I think in this match, it really stood out to me. And I think added to the match for sure. Uh, but yeah, I will say until until we started doing the preview for um, Peter Pan for the site, I thought this was Saki Kai versus Yoshihiko. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just one letter off, and that'd be quite
1: a different match uh, than that
2: we got here. But yeah, really good match, I thought. Uh,
1: after, speaking of really good matches, the DET Extreme title, uh, yeah. the one fluorescent light tube death match, Akito defeated Asuka when Asuka broke the light tube, eleven forty eight his first defense of the Extreme title. So the gimmick here, I, why don't you explain it, Thomas? Explain the gimmick.
2: All right. So basically this was a match. You could get pinfalls and submissions, but the rule was uh, whoever breaks the light tube loses. And if you're both touching it, whoever's on offense uh, loses. So that was pretty much the setup for the match. The single light tube death match, obviously in DDT, the champion gets to choose the stipulation for the matches, which I saw progress ripped off today. They announced a new title uh, with the same stipulation, but um, Oscar said, Asuka said, um, we, we want to take this back to its roots. Um, we want to make it the extreme title again. Um, but Akita said he couldn't handle more than one light, too. Yeah, so I that's mean, how...
1: like, he can't handle that much excitement. Was
2: yeah, it? <laughs> that's, how, that's how we got to this match. And this was honestly incredible.
1: Look, before we talk about the match, we have to talk about Asuka's gear. The oh. red dress. Like, <laughs> she looked fucking amazing. I like, cannot say enough about that dress. Anyway, um, that's like her, <laughs> I thought that was like her big match gear, but then she came out with it at summer vacation too. So maybe it's just your gear now, which I fully support. She looks like a queen. Um, The light tube got its own entrance, which was awesome. But yeah, like basically the whole thing of, you know, you can't break the light tube. It was fucking brilliant because you had this like fans are reacting super loud to fucking arm ringers and stuff because they're at the same time, you're doing all these really basic moves it's like oh will they break the light tube or not and it's not nearly as good if the two of them don't have like amazing like facial expressions the entire time where they're like they're really drawing you in and being like
2: Mm -hmm.
1: making you think they're really worried they're gonna break this light tube so yeah i mean this is one of those matches i don't even know how to describe it you just have to fucking watch it yeah
2: that's what i wrote that's what i did the written review for the show and that's what i wrote in the review it's just like you have to watch this. I it's mean, not it's,
1: as impressive sounding as we're going to – there is no way for us to describe it that's going to be as impressive as just watching it, just watching him do all this shit without breaking his lights. He was a can,
2: yeah, it can seem like it can sort of delve into a comedy match, but it was not even – it was just so incredibly uh, difficult, like such a small margin for error on all these spots.
1: Yeah, it really um, wasn't a comedy match. Like that's, No,
2: right, but that's what I'm saying, the stipulation, yeah. I think, when I was trying to trying to convince some people in the VOW Slack to watch it, I mean, you have to explain to them like it's not it's not a comedy match. It's like a super. I mean, these are spots that like one they were a, a few inches away. Uh, they had a spot like very early on in the match where Asuka hits a facebuster and like uh, Akito catches himself like with his hands like four inches above the light tube. <laughs> it's just like there were so many spots like that throughout the match where like
1: oh, sorry, slightly off, yeah. So th- this is also where DDT English update were like the heroes of the world where they, you know, that, that happens often. So if you don't follow them, yeah. at T pro underscore ENG. Um, <laughs> one point Akito says, come on. <laughs> and Oscar says small penis. And Akito's reply is I'm fine with that. So this is why Akito after the match revealed that he is now the king of small penis. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> like the greatest fucking shit. Um, but yeah, this was so good. Four and a quarter, absolutely match. Um, and I, I absolutely I absolutely loved it and everybody has to watch it. Yeah,
2: four and a half stars for me.
1: I think Taylor gave it five. Taylor
2: gave it five. He came we came into the slack at the same time to just and just started gushing about the match when we were watching it.
1: Yeah, because this so probably we, we were watching the last same thing season. I was watching live, so I had to go back. This, but yeah i mean yeah i'm glad i stayed up for this oh let me
2: shout shout out to this spot how so i don't even know how to describe it like you said watch the match but they set up the light tube i think between two chairs and um so akito was going for like a power bomb out of the corner and then asuka counters into a hurricane rana and then akito does like a flip over the light tube and just like barely clears it like, it was incredible. Like, this match is, you have to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's much. It's definitely must-watch material for me. And Asuka, I didn't realize this, is 20 years old, which is just...
1: Yeah, Asuka's already, like, scary. incredible. And look, on, on top of the fact that th- this match was, like, really impressive for, you know, all the light tube stuff, both these wrestlers are two of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. Of course. And Asuka is so good, and she's 20 years old. Like, how is that even possible? So if she if she wrestles like another 10 years, she's going to be like a fucking all-timer by the end. Um, after that, we have the Iron Man heavy metalweight title, the time difference battle royal. Yukio Sakaguchi wins over a million people. I don't really feel like reading all of them. But
2: probably the, a good best,
1: the best part of the match was uh, the announcers just like losing their shit for everything. They, they love this match maybe more than anything else on the card. Um and then yeah. the second best part of the match was Hiroshi Amato coming. Like, there's all this crazy bullshit going on. Um, Joey Ryan has the entire
2: ring, like, in appearance yeah. flex. And, and Hiroshi just month, comes out singing. Hiroshi Amato just comes out
1: singing. And it was just so great. Like, the crowd's losing it. It was just... And then one point when, uh, you know, we, we got the Avengers theme on this for the, the Gone Avengers. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck did they get away with playing the Avengers theme? <laughs> well, I... And notably, they didn't on the summer vacation, <laughs> Maybe in trouble, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, this, this is good, yeah. And I mean, the Avengers are always good. What do you, what do you want, you
2: know? The Honda, like, so to, to give a little backstory to the Avengers thing for anyone that didn't watch it, is Honda like calls for everybody to come do the Gone the Fox, um, and they get uh-huh. like everybody, including the like ring announcers and everything, except for Yukio Sakaguchi. And then after the spot, Sakaguchi just unloads on everyone because he got left out of it.
1: Yeah, Yukio was sad.
2: Yeah, so that was tough.
1: After Um. this, we had Hideki Suzuki defeating Yukio Naya with the V1 arm lock in 759. This fucking rocked. I absolutely love this. Um, You know, I look, Yukio, like, he demonstrated, like, the rush strategy against Hideki that should probably be, like, everybody's strategy against Hideki, where, like, you know, instead of going for his type of technical match, he just rushed him with the striking. But Hideki got to show that, like, you know, I can strike too, bitch. And recovered and just ripped his ass, practically mugged him. Um, you know, only went eight minutes. But I went four stars on this. I thought it was fucking awesome. Just super stiff. Uh, you know, one of those matches that, like, you're just like, wow, what is, what is like, fake and what is real here? <laughs> but Which is the case for a lot of Hideki matches. But, yeah, and then obviously taps him out at the end and gives him a little bit of, like, the seal of approval at the end. This is awesome. We need more Hideki Suzuki and DT. I love Hideki DT. Yeah.
2: yeah, this was really good. I only went three and a half, um, so I guess I hated it. But um, I liked the, like you mentioned, off the bell, like Naya, like just going straight after Hideki and like trying to get the advantage early because he knew he was going to be outmatched. Uh, really good match. Um, Suzuki's, I think, almost in his best um, in these like matches against rookies. Um, I think he always shines in those spots. So yeah, good match.
1: Then we had Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi beating Moonlight Express, uh Mao and Mike Bailey. Brooks pinned Mao with the praying mantis volume eleven twenty four. I thought this was a super fun spot fest tag. went three and three quarters. Uh Masa and Brooks have like very strange chemistry together. It doesn't really make any sense why they have so much chemistry, but they're a great team. So really cool match.
2: Yeah, I went three and a half on it. Uh good stuff. This was kind of the point we were like four hours into the show, and I was like starting to zone out just a little bit. Um, so this was like kind of the perfect like sort of spot fest sort of match that you didn't really have to like focus on too much, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, three and a half stars for me, and the uh, calamari drunk kings
1: pick up the wind. Oh yeah, calamari drunk kings. <laughs> After that, the over forty title weapon rumble. For people <laughs> don't know. <laughs> parody of the IWGP under-30 title, which was a, a was only around for like two years, in like 2003 to 2005, I think. Uh, the only two champions were Nakamura and Tanahashi. And DDT decided to parody it like 15 years later, which is awesome. And the, the belt even looks almost exactly like the U-30 <laughs> title, which just adds to the comedy. So, uh, obviously, it's for us, only for us it was over 40, whereas the New Japan was for us was under 30. Uh, but Shiro Takagi... Beat Super Sas Dango Machine with the Sit Down Himawari Bomb onto a plastic case, In 2856 become the first champion. Uh, the weapons here were awesome. So Sas Dango's first weapon was uh, New Japan's old ring announcer. I should have wrote down the name. Uh, Kira Tanaka. Uh, thank you, Kira Tanaka. So he was the one. If you ever watched New Japan from like the 90s through like the early 2000s, he he had a very like distinctive look with that like you know that blue jacket. I guess is the best way to put it. Like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? The, the blue yeah. and gold like jacket. Mm-hmm. So he had a very distinctive look and distinctive voice, and he was like a weapon here, to distract Takaki, which was really funny. And they just did commentary for the whole match. Can uh, we, can we point
2: out the second weapon? But, was tables, ladders, and chairs?
1: Well, look, it's okay because he's the uh, he's the owner, so the <laughs> president now. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the third weapon for Sasadango was a blood test. Oh my god, this was this <laughs> was absurd. And they bring out a little table and they bring a guy in the ring. It's a shoot blood test. <laughs> and <he's> just, he <laughs> fucking drew so much blood from Takagi. Takagi's selling like he's woozy, but he probably isn't really selling. I'm like, this is actually <laughs> like one of the most gruesome things I've seen. This is spot of the year. I mean come on. It, was like, it was incredible. Uh, they were taking so much blood from this man. It was yes. And then afterwards, the words, Sasanago started pounding the spot. He started working over where, where the blood was drawn. Oh, <laughs> oh it's incredible. Oh my God. Oh so my awesome. God. <laughs> this is all the, the, God, blood did he take? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mi, Miyako Matsumoto from Ice Ribbon was t- Takagi's weapon after this. And she apparently just like stepped down from Ice Ribbon that same day. Yeah, but She had her last match in Ice Ribbon that day. So that was impressive that she then came here to be a weapon. Um... Kuro-chan, who was, like, the comedian who was, like, obsessed. He was in the battle world. He's obsessed with uh, stalking Yuki Kamifuku uh, and licking her. He was the next weapon. Um, yeah. Got, like, an embarrassing large pop. This is yeah. where Kuro Tanaka, the New Japan announcer, started arguing with Kuro-chan because he's not, like, strong style enough. Yeah. He was like, yes, is not strong style. That was really funny. Uh, then all plastic boxes came out. Um, you know... There was, like, a fake Sasadango who was a master Suzuki. Yes. Suzuki. Um, then the, they were going to... Okay. Yeah, then the phone they, number call back the phone of course. Number, they were going to reveal Sasadango's phone number, but then Imanari and them, like, swore at the last second and revealed Takagi's phone number uh, because he said, basically, <laughs> it was, it was like, a, um, you know, they thought this was abuse of power to reveal the the employee's phone numbers. Yes. Um, but then the ninth weapon was a PowerPoint, of course, of course. So, so basically, um, we got like, it was about, it was about Takagi. Yeah. Like it was like, what's his favorite things is sit down sunflower bomb and hit the cash from <laughs> selling DD <DT. laughs> When he put that up there, Takagi was like, ah, like he was waving more, <laughs> well. uh, he can be like Takagi, we set up through two wards, violence and some money. Uh, but then it's like now DET faces financial challenges uh, excerpts from the conversation reveal that operating income is down because some talent are now annual salaries. Um, but yeah, so basically the gist of this was Sasa Zango was convinced that Tagagi's next weapon was going to be him announcing his own retirement right? To, because of DDT. I guess their operating income being down from signing all these people to, to co- contracts. Um, and plus he's just 46 years old. So Sasa Zango like, I'm going to beat you before you can announce your retirement. But then the next weapon was a big announcement, <laughs> and the crowd was like, "Oh my god!"
2: Yeah, the, the gasp in the crowd.
1: <laughs> the announcement turned out to be Wrestle Peter Pan twenty twenty, and that says how a super Arena main arena. Yeah. So, so Sas- Sasanaga was so distracted by this being the announcement instead of Sas- instead of Takagi's uh, retirement, um, he got he fell prey to the power bomb and got pinned. Right. So what a great finish! What mm-hmm. a great match! Um, so and then we not- had. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: They're running, they're running Saitama instead of instead of the Tokyo Dome, which yeah. I think is fine because it's one that's going to be cheaper, and then two, it's going to seat 20,000 anyway. So, yeah, if you get 20,000, it's going to be a pretty good draw. Yeah, um, if,
1: uh, so, yeah. after this, we have an exchange with Karo, Tanaka, and Takagi. Right. Well, Karo's like Takagi san, uh, and again, thank you again to DT English Update for these translations. Mm-hmm. Takagi san, please fill Saitama Super Arena. It isn't interesting if New Japan is the only winner in the industry, <laughs> which that got a huge reaction from the crowd yeah. when he said that. And then Takagi's like, thank you, Karo-san. Can I ask a favor? And you ring it at Saitama Super Arena, and Karo said, you got it. So there you go. Uh Takagi so was getting like, legitimately emotional in the post-match promo. He's like, we filled Korokin, we filled Ryogoku, other venues too. Who else would do an all-free show at Otaku? Um, and then he's like, well, Super Arena was not so filled last time, and he's referring to Judgment 2017, which only did about 10,000 fans. Only
2: 10,000.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's still a great... <laughs> world, but it, it seats like 20,000, so...
2: Right. That's probably uh, the best... Is that the best drawing um, show in Japan outside of New Japan? Yes, I can't in the it. past, like, five years.
1: Yeah, there's no. really nothing else that comes <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: close. Yeah. But yeah, so Takagi said, this is my revenge match. I want to fill Super Arena. Uh, so there you go. Here's my bold prediction, which maybe is a little bit less bold now that... uh. Yeah. Apparently Melcher's reporting that things have thawed are thought are starting to thaw between New Japan and AEW, so maybe this prediction won't come true. But at the time, my bold prediction was Kenny Omega will make his next appearance anywhere in Japan at Russell Peter Pan twenty twenty into the Thomas Super Arena. Yeah. Because if he's not gonna work in New Japan, if he's gonna do DT, you should save his return for that show. Yeah that's where it'll be the big... I mean, the first time back in Japan and the first time back in DET, that'll be the big draw. So you, you should save it for the big big arena. So there you go. Shout
2: out, shout out to President uh, Takagi for liking the review for Voices of Wrestling on Twitter.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> we Look, Takagi, if you want to put us on the payroll anytime. Or-
2: yeah. I'm very willing to be co-opted. I'm very I willing
1: to be co-opted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have match number nine, the dramatic rematch. Shinya Aoki defeating Don Shokudino by knockout with the sleeper hold in the 2.54 to the fourth round. I think these are three-minute rounds, right? Yep. So this was uh, this was something. That, I, yeah. I, I popped for Eno's gender equality ring boy. That was really yes. funny. Um, and then the, court, the courtship dance with the Disney music, that was sure something. That uh, was sure
3: something. The
1: between rounds, music was the old WCW Thunder <laughs> Song, which was yes, really I funny. noticed that. <laughs> Uh, But, yeah, this was, like, a thing that happened, you know? I mean, it was was something. Weird,
2: you know, so the odd rounds were MMA rules, and then the even rounds were, like, courtship was permitted, is what DDT Pro-Ang said. Um, They did comedy with, like, you know, Dino trying to pull stuff over during the MMA rounds. And then the finish was Aoki kissing Dino and then locking the sleeper.
1: Because Dino does not react well to being the pursued instead of the pursued. Right, Exactly. That's like a consistent weakness from him. Mm-hmm. Semi-final K.O.D. tag team titles, Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao defeating Hiroshima and Yasu Rano. Uh, Soma pinned with the reverse Gory special bomb in 2038, the fourth defense for Damnation. Um, so first of all, this was like, the tag title match in recent, a lot of recent big shows have kind of been like death spots on these shows where like the crowd is completely dead and then they have to get them back from an event. I think this what do you gonna say? Ever
2: since the match, the, they had a really hot match with Moonlight Express when they won the title, Sasaki and Takao. Yeah. But ever since then, I feel like the tag title division has kind of been like, kind of stagnant.
1: Well, I was talking about like previous right even. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but the this this crowd was like really they weren't like, red hot. I mean, how could they be after five and a half hours? But they were still making like a surprisingly large amount of noise here. They were they were really hot. Yeah. So shout out to the crowd. Um, this was really good. They did finally lose the card a little bit towards the end, so maybe it went a little too long, but I yep. still want four stars on it. It just could have been even higher if they ended a little sooner.
2: Yeah, they hit – what did they hit? Like two vertebrakers. or no, the, the reverse score is Special. And those always confuse me. Yeah, but yeah, four stars for me as well. Yeah. I, I very much enjoyed it, yeah. Yasu Arano, I'm pleased to see. He's been in DDT for a, for a while, I feel like. So cool, cool that he got a, a big spot here.
1: Then the main event, the KOD Openweight title, Kanosuke Takeshita defeating oh. Endo with, oh, I didn't realize it was the official name, The Walls of Takashita. Yep. <laughs> 31, 31 38, I should say. Uh, so Endo fails his fifth defense and Takashita becomes the 72nd champion. Okay. First things first, vehemently disagree with the result. I'm very upset that Endo yep. lost. I yep. have to say that. I mean, I thought Endo was having maybe the best title reign in all of wrestling. Yeah. She's more popular than Takashita here. Disagree with the results. I can't be a mark though and pretend that doesn't make the match awesome because the match was incredible. This match, sure. folks, the the hot take here, and I don't even think it's a hot to take, this is better than anything in the G1 climax so far. Oh yeah. This and, is uh, again, shout out to Kelly on Twitter. I just saw him tweet the same thing. But...
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think I posted this in the Slack, but if you look at um what's it called? Cage match, it's the highest rated match of the year. Like period. Uh-huh. So yeah. I think even consensus, like people that don't watch DDT, like really like this match. It's at a, uh, let me see, nine point seven six average, nine point six one total out of, rating
1: out of, out of ten. So that's, yeah, like, nine,
2: that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, um, the, the there was like the there was a lot of six spots, but the first one that really got me going crazy was like when Endo did this counter of, like, a German suplex into a high-angle DET. I've never seen anything like that. That was incredible.
2: It looked Uh, nasty, too. It
1: looked so nasty. Uh, There was, like, a head drop off the top rope on Endo that was, like, absolutely from Takashita on Endo that was, like, absolutely disgusting. Um, Then Endo, like, caught him off that diving sentai and did it into a powerbomb, and, like, they timed it absolutely perfectly. Um, And then we got into, like, the Takashita can't-be-pinned territory with, like, he kicked out the torture rack bomb, the shooting star press. And like, it was like, oh, my God, is he actually going to be able to pull this out? Um, there was like an exposed turnbuckle drop that looked fucking sick. And then Endo used like a Canadian Destroyer and then like a double underhook Destroyer, but somehow still didn't get the pin. i would never seen a double underhook Canadian Destroyer. I say that was crazy. <laughs> um, and then Takashita got his knees up on another shooting star, went for the Boston Crab, got into the walls of Takashita, all that back work he did earlier in the match like paid off here, and Endo finally tapped. I mean, incredible. Really, stuff, yeah. a, def- a deflating ending, but a very, you know, fitting ending. You know, so
2: it was the type of thing for me where I was like, from like halfway through the match, I was like, this is a five star match, and then the ending, like right when um, <laughs> when Takashi did get, got the knees up on the Shooting Star, it was like so deflating for me. Um, yeah. But I still I still go five stars on it.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. yeah. I went four four and three quarters. Yeah. You hated it, John. My my number three match of the year right now, uh, right behind Sari and um, Mako and Naito and Ibushi from Dominion. So my number three match of the year right now, absolutely incredible match. Loved every second of it. Four and three quarters. Yeah. And there were, there was
2: a ton of crazy spots in this match. Like even that she didn't go over. I mean, I mean, i don't think the match
1: so how can i fit it all yeah
2: exactly i don't think the match went too long but it was just like non-stop action i feel like throughout i mean i never never noticed the time it felt like it went like 14 minutes i feel like um so i don't know and that was at the end of a six-hour show that i watched in one sitting and this just flew by yeah yeah
1: incredible match cannot so overall i mean this is i mean this isn't just a show of the year this is like Lapping the field, show of the year so far as, far as what I, I mean, there's yeah. nothing that comes. Did you, see, comes close did you
2: see um, what's the what was the show today called? Kobe World. Did you see Kobe I World? Seen,
1: I haven't seen Kobe World yet. So I
2: thought I did see it. It as I thought it was a pretty good show, but I it didn't it didn't touch this show. I um, yeah, I don't, I think, I don't right. think anything has this year.
1: The Dragon Gate people were talking shit in, in Twitter, but you know, I mean, oh, yeah. and the voice. Mike fan.
2: Spears always likes to do that, of course. Yeah, He's
1: saying like you know it's got to be the show of the year for five days. Yeah, but, you know. We'll see. I'm gonna. Wa- I'm gonna watch Kobe Warren. I definitely yeah. got to watch it. I just didn't get around to it today. So um,
2: can um, I can I give you a hot take real quick? That I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's something that I don't think is being discussed enough. Um, that Kanosuke Takashita is like a legitimate wrestler of the year contender. Like he's had the two Sasaki matches that were both great. This match that is like a top five match of the year, probably consensus um, number one according to cage match like all the great six-man stuff with strong hearts and Sendai girls among others he's got you know the miko singles match uh i mean i think he's had oh all the king of ddt stuff
1: yeah like, he's the
2: having a gucci i think it's like i think he's having a top five year um ando, sure ando ando too
1: is having. she was having a really good year too though
2: Endo would be yeah probably top 10 or so yeah. for me as well yeah he, his title reign was Tremendous! The Makoto Oishi match—I think I was on Omakase to talk about that. That match was just—that blew me away. That match.
1: Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, EGE one two was just amazing. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to summer vacation, which is just Ooh. from from today actually, July twenty first. The latest Cork and Hall show drew about twelve hundred fans to Cork and, um, you know this this is a card going in where I was like, you know, I wasn't like super. You know, high on the card going in. I figured it would be a little bit of a lesser Korokin. It's pretty much what it was, but it still had plenty of really good stuff too.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it opened with the Kota Umeda goodbye match. Koda Umeda, Shuma Katsumata, Mike Bailey, and Nobihiro Tani. Bina Mizuki Watase, Yuki Ueno, Naomi Yoshimura, and Daiki Shimamura. Cool to see Daiki here, by the way. I don't see a lot of him. When Umeda pinned Watase with the Umeda driver in 10 or 1. A little surprised by Umeda getting the pin in. He's gonna you know, be
2: back, John. Got to keep him strong for yeah, his return.
1: Much, but yeah, we they did say later on when he returns yeah. if he returns, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of the match?
2: Uh, really good opener. I didn't quite. I think I think it could have gone just like a little bit longer. It left me wanting more. Um, but it was really hot throughout. Probably like a nice little three and a half, three and three quarter star opener. Um, good stuff. And uh, maybe you'd see more of a Daiki if you watch some more Basara, John. Right, that's oh, true. I've always got to get the Basara plug. Yeah. I
1: think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, went, I went three and a half. I thought it was very fun as well. Yeah,
2: I went uh, three and a half.
1: Match two the potato chip collaboration match. Uh, yeah. Potato snacks agency war number one final battle between Calvi, who I think is like a, a Japan only brand, and Frito Lay, who is definitely not a Japan only brand. <laughs> we had King Potato Chips, uh, Masahiro Takanashi, and Goda uh, Ihashi. And Asuka, that, he kind of screwed that up here. Defeating Dragon Potato Mask, Akito, Kazuki Hirata, and Saki Akai. Uh, King Potato Chips and Dragon Potato Mask with the La Magistral in seven minutes. I have to note, by the way, that uh, it was very sad that we missed, um, you know, T- ha- Antonio Honda <laughs> because he had to help unweed his parents' lawn, and Washi because he. <laughs> Had their portraits part-time work swimming pool lifeguard. So
2: I wasn't sure if you saw that tweet. Oh, that was so I loved that so much. I, I really
1: they both left a big hole in the show. Yeah. Uh but yes. Yeah, so thankfully we had King Potato Chips to do the Lamaji straw and Dragon Potato Mass to do the uh Drygon story and some <laughs> Um but yeah, this was this was actually look. This was way fucking better than a potato chip advertisement match had any right to be. Yeah, um, this was, like unironically good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like this was uh you know yeah, a fight for the fallen main event. This is like it was, it was. It was a lot better. <laughs> I'm being completely serious. <laughs> <That's what laughs> the, three and a half stars and that fucking match was like I don't know two and a quarter or something. Yeah, but yeah. This was, this was really good. But yeah, there you go. Three and a um, quarter for me. Okay. And then after that, uh, we had the three-way tag match, Yuki Sakaguchi and Kachisata Higuchi, defeating Tetsuya Endo and Mad Polly and Makoto Oishi and Yuki Onaya. Sakaguchi pinned Oishi at the Cobra Clutch in, or submitted Oishi with the Cobra Clutch in 7.09. First of all, I liked Oishi at the start of the match was like, Telling Endo that Sakamoto the Iron Man champion to go after him. Because remember, the Iron Man champion is booked for the Tokyo Idol Festival. He's yeah. like, idols, swimsuit, <laughs> gravures, opai. I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was, a, this was a very cool match. You know, a, a little disappointing maybe. I only want about three stars, but still fun. Not not bad or anything, but nothing special. I
2: went like three and a quarter or three and a half, actually. Yeah. You know, good stuff. Um uh sakaguchi surviving two uh extreme title challenges one before the match and one after the match yeah um was good him him surviving i think and there was one on the on the peter pan show too i hope i hope he just holds the title for like a month because like a month title reign of the iron man title is like that okada legendary iwgp reign how much this title changes hands
1: Match number four, the No DQ match, uh, Jiro, Ikemen Kurishio defeating Mao with a chair-assisted pin in twelve eighteen.
3: This is a very funny.
1: weird match. Yeah. First of all, Jiro like handed out all these fans, two fans in the in like the those two rows, the orange seats where the what is like a concourse in between, and then later on he got back up there and they all beat him with the fans. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, they also went up to the balcony, and I was really afraid these two maniacs were gonna do like uh something really crazy. Yeah. But they they thankfully came down with that incident. And then Jiro tried to like steal little girl. Yes, the mom looked crazy okay with it, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> the little girl started like bawling. And I'm like, this you monster. And the crowd like really booed him for that. And Jiro started to like up yours motions <laughs> and middle fingers the crowd. But the little girl tried to be Kudo's daughter, so I guess that's why the, the mom was like more okay with it than, than you would expect. But yeah, I mean, it was something. Um, this was like a very Galaxy Brain match, but I, I enjoyed it. Very good. Three and a half again, I guess.
2: I think I was like three and three quarters. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Galaxy Brain match is probably the best way to describe it.
1: Then we had the After Russell Peter Pan 2019 Special Six Fan Tag Match. What is personal information? Hideki Suzuki, Super Sasadango Machine, and Ken Oka... With Yomihito Imanari defeating Hiroshima to Shiro Takagi and Shinya Aoki when Oka pinned Takagi with the fire spear in nine fifty seven uh first of all, this was supposed to be Imanari, not oka on that team, but Takagi because he was so mad about his phone number getting leaked, beat the shit out of Imanari so much in the press conference he got a concussion. <laughs> I don't know if that's a shoot or not, but it was uh it was something it was something. oh by the way, I forgot to mention at the end of the um no DQ match. Akito came out and challenged him to an extreme title match, right. and like he pointed out all this crazy shit. Like the last time I went drinking with you, you were completely naked. The time before that, you and No wrong Ranga were punching each other in the face. When your girlfriend dumped you, you called me for my advice, and he came up and was like, "Is this really necessary now?" That's but gonna yeah, be on
2: one of the beer garden shows.
1: Yeah, he was like, "I know you at the bar, but I don't know you at the ring." Let's fight on August third. And then Kevin's he, uh, he like, the fight is on. and pulling no punches. You guys, his man Akito is super horny. Away from the- <laughs> Thank
2: mean. God for Two Pro-A. Eh? I
1: know. <laughs> uh, but yes, after that, this match here, it was supposed to be Imanari, but instead we got Ken Oka, also from Gambare. Uh, Imanari was out there in this purple suit and looked amazing. Like, I didn't even recognize him as Imanari at first. I was like, what the fuck? And he came out with Ken. So you have Ken Oka... Doing his uh, like Stan Hansen tribute gimmick with the cowboy hat and everything, and Imanari in the purple suit, like doing this back communication dance together. And I don't, I don't know how to describe the energy coming from these two men. It was like incredible. So like this is what you, this is what I watched DDT for, baby. Is like a man in a cowboy hat and tidy red tights, and a man in a purple suit stomping the mat to back communication. It was great stuff. So, um, and then. Then like I forgot I forgot all about the over forty title too when Takagi like posed with it again and like started cracking up and I'm watching this like two thirty in the morning so my, my girlfriend's looking at me like why are you sitting here <laughs> <talking to yourself?" laughs> for no reason but I'm like look it's DDT. I can't I can't help it It's what you do um, but yeah and then like. Uh, you know, Oka pinned Takagi, great little match here, ten mm-hmm. minute long, but like another three and a half star match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this means Oka's gonna challenge for the over 40 title. And then Oka said, I'm 42. I have the right to challenge for that belt. And Takagi apparently before the match, before this match, Takagi like said Oka had lost his shine, didn't didn't mean anything anymore. And Takagi was like afterwards, he was like, I stand by my comment that you lost your shine until you pinned me. And Oka was like, I'm waving the Ken Oka flight the day I die. I don't make excuses about running promotions. He was getting so fucking fired up, and he was like, everybody get up. I know you all go through a lot of shit in your life just like me. Takagi makes you run errands for snacks for vague requests like 30 grams of protein. You must get similar shit at your work. Fuck them all. Like, he was getting so into this fucking challenge for a joke over 40 title. This is a better promo for a joke title match than most like serious title promos are th- these days. So God bless Kanoka. God bless EDTA. I really I love this promo. I can't wait to see the over 40 title match.
2: Yeah, I thought that it might be like a one-show deal, but I'm glad they're continuing with it.
1: Yeah, it's like instead of being a one-shot deal, like the 10-man tag titles, they're just going to go with it apparently, mm-hmm. at least a while longer. And it um, should
2: be mentioned that that's going to be on the uh, Osaka Octopus show, which they haven't had in like two years. Yeah. It's a they haven't had a since 2016, yeah.
1: Uh, after that, we had the semi-final, the KOD tie titles, uh, Daisuke Sasaki and Simon Takao defeating Joey Ryan and Hiroshi Yamato. Sasaki Sumini Yamato at the cross-face lock in 1734, their fifth defense. I mean, this was honestly nothing special, probably the thing that really dragged the show down a little bit, but uh, there you go.
2: Yeah, I accidentally missed this match.
1: <laughs> it really wasn't anything that special. You did not anything, really. Um then the main event, the KOD Openweight title, Tetsuya Endo defeating Chris Brooks with the cross arm German suplex in 2930. His first defense um, for Konosuke Takashida. So the pre-match promo was awesome. Chris Brooks, like, he was like, I'm gonna speak up for all the DET fans. Yes. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna call it is boring and has no personality, You know he's a great wrestler. He shouldn't represent DET. And they were like fans clapping apparently when he said that in the building. So there you go. Um but, yeah, they, they had a match that was, like, very boring early, but then really picked up as it went on. Yeah. Uh, they did this crazy fucking spot where oh they did, God. like, a jumping ace cutter off of the cork and, like, um, you know, the entryway, like, from where the, the fans come in through the yeah. stairs into the bleachers. And they are supposed to go through the table, but the table – didn't fucking give at all. So they just it was So
2: brutal. It looked
1: fucking brutal.
2: So brutal. And that wasn't like the only spot in this match. Like they were working this. Like there were some nasty looking <laughs> spots in this match.
1: Um. Then there was like a you know there was like some stuff that looked awkward like this powerbomb reversal thing. But then also some really sick spots. Uh, where like there was like a ref bump, and they brought out like all these a uh, ladder and all these uh you know boxes. the plastic boxes and he went right through it. It looked really really brutal. Um, and then Brooks at one point hit a low blow before he hit his finisher, which I, I don't remember the name of the double I mean, uh
2: praying mantis bomb, I believe. Yeah,
1: um, and Takashi still kicked out. Um, you know, there was like a visual pin and also a visual submission, which I thought was like interesting and maybe meant Brooks was gonna win, but um, you know, it turned out Takashi did win. I didn't like the, the thing at the end where like Brooks clipped him off. Spit gum at him during the the senton, uh, you know. The senton spot into the ring that he dies at that me senton, your seated position because it's like if you have enough time to do that, why didn't you have enough time to, to dodge the senton? You know, because you have to be in a seated in position to take the move. I
2: don't know. That's so kind you of. It,
1: you can. What? What do you say?
2: I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like nitpicky. I and like. I
1: just thought it looked stupid.
2: Yeah, I I thought the same thing, at the at the time that I saw it, but I was like, well. You know, I can believe that you have the energy to, you know, flip someone off, but you don't have the energy to move out of the way. Okay. So I I had the same thought, but I was like, yeah, maybe I'm just overthinking it, you know.
1: I I did take it down a little for that, but I I still loved it. I still won four stars. I just thought it was like a crazy bump fest, but it had its warts and it was really boring early on. But
2: yeah, I oh, thought we were talking about this in the Slack during the matches. It like both of us kind of thought that the uh, the beginning of the match was kind of kind of slow, kind of boring. And there were some other people that enjoyed it more for what it's worth. Um, but as the match went on, I mean, they, they worked kind of loose and there were some nasty looking spots, especially the table spot and the plastic boxes spot. Uh, so yeah, I ended up going a quarter star higher than you. So four and a quarter for it. And uh, Brooks left a pretty solid impression and they got, you know, everyone at Cork enchanting for him after the match. So yeah. Good tour for him.
1: Afterwards, we had the, the challenge for Osaka. So it's going to be Shin Aoki as the next challenger yeah. uh Aoki said like you're putting yourself through these crazy matches as if you're making bad investments face feed osaka and let's have a shitty match yeah and takashita is like you're on we're having a shitty match and he said we'll give you the best shitty match ever so set them, that's happening
2: set them osaka up for some uh some replies i'm sorry i said they set themselves up for some um some easy dunks on on a <laughs> style
1: yeah but i'm excited for that match we'll see what happens there it should be good uh, overall yeah. good show
2: yeah good show but definitely not one of the better DDT Corkins main events like the only thing that I would say is like must watch um yeah but a solid it through and through and uh it was cool how you know logical booking you know Aoki got the win like in the match third from the top on Peter Pan and now he's getting a title shot you know yeah makes sense
1: so coming up, let's talk about some upcoming shows here at DT. There's a lot of stuff coming up with the beer garden shows. So the first beer garden show is July 29th, the All Out Day. If you're not aware, these beer garden shows are always in Shinjuku face. Uh, if, you're, if you ever get the chance to go to one, there's such a unique experience where everybody just is standing around drinking uh, the entire show. It's like a really cool, really, really cool show. They're like little mini shows, but they're really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so All Out Day has Akito versus Shoda. Uh, the Tor Owashi Rubber Mask Army versus Dajoku Dito Rubber Mask Army. Uh, so three Owashis versus three Dinos. Who knows who that will actually be? Um, then we have Antonio Honda against Sakura Hiroda, uh, which is going to be something. And then you have the main event for the KOD6 fan tag team titles Takashida, Shuma Katsumata, and Yuki Ino versus the Basara team of Asami Kodaka, Ikudo Hodaka, and Fuminari Abe. Hell, hell yeah. Then oh, no. we have the... Oh, sorry, keep going.
2: I was going to say, I'm actually going to be good.
1: Yeah, that looks awesome. July 30th is Disaster Box Day. The Grand Sumo Summer Place. Arashima versus Matsunaga versus Ishii versus Areno versus Mike Bailey versus Shimatani versus Godehashi versus Sagat from, uh, Gam, no, from Basara.
2: From Basara, yeah.
1: So that's like their traditional su- sumo little mini tournament thing they do. Um, then we have Margaret Awashi, Saki, Sukeban, and Yuni versus Mascara, Gayara Jr., and Gay Urano. So <laughs> Surplus Girl and Sukeban and Children and Gays is the name of that
3: match. Of course. Uh,
1: then we have the entirely Haas Mermaids hardcore three way match Naomi versus Francisco Takagi versus Kasuka Higuchi. So more Kazuko Higuchi. More, more uh, cross dressing there. And then we have the Disaster Josie versus All Out Josie. So th- this entire show is, like, cross-dressing, I just realized. Disaster mm-hmm. Josie versus All Out Josie. Uh, Harashimako, Kazuki Hirata, and Yuko Ureno versus Keiko Takashita Jr., Akiko, and Shun Hart Carousel. So there you go. <laughs> then we have the Dino and Sasuzango Machine Day on uh, July 31st. The has an undermatch for Tetsuya Koda against Hisaya Imabai- Imabayashi. The Kesuke Ishii, Matsunaga, Antonio Honda. What is this? I don't know what it says. Oh, it's like the Lariat Tournament. Ishii, Matsunaga, Honda, Makoto Oishi, Yuki Onaya, and Yuma- Yuna Manase. It's gonna be in that. Wow. Um, then there'll be some kind of dark PowerPoint by Susu. Super Sanzango X versus S. And then the the Sandman match X versus X. There you go.
2: Can you read the Can you read the star for us here? Do you have Are you reading this off of DDT Pro? No, and... I'm
1: reading it off of Dramatic DDT.
2: Okay. Uh, there's a, There's like an asterisk on the oh the Glory Sandman match. It says, "Fluids and solids are expected to fly around. DDT will not assume responsibility for any damages. So DDT suggests that audience members bring towels and chains of clothing on."
1: <laughs> there you go. I love DDT, man. So, Moonlight Express Day on August fourth. On August 1st. Um, so, Watasio will have a four round trial against Yoshimura, Mike Bailey, Gucci, and Yoshihiko. So, there you go. Then we have Makoto Oishi, Shuma Katsumata, and Mao against Dan Shokudino, Toru Washi, and Honda. Yukio Sakayuchi and Gabaji Shan against Yuki Aeno and Hiroshi Yamato. Uh, Fear, Big Brahmin Attack, Cold Iron Pillar. My, Mao, Mike Bailey, and Asuka against Shinchiro Takagi, Brahmin Shu, and Brahmin K. That looks awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for that. <laughs> then Damnation Day. The return of Shuji Ishikawa returning for Damnation Day. Yeah, Hardcore six-man tag, Soma Takao, Mad Polly, and Gabaji-chan against Hoshitango, Tango, Ishii, and Shota. MC-18 fictional novels deathmatch. Hiroshi Yamato against Antonio Honda. <laughs> the last man standing match, Daisuke Sasaki against Nobu Hero, or against uh, Masuyo, Masuyo T- Takanashi. And then the three-way match, Tetsuya Endo versus Yuji Isikawa versus Nobuhiro I
2: wonder who's going to take the fall there. Yeah, it's
1: a real mystery. <laughs> then uh, August 3rd, DDT Day gets the Akito versus Zero Zero match for the DDT Extreme title. The same day also has a Basara DDT, day, but I don't think we have any matches for that yet. Um, but, yeah, so I'm looking through their upcoming cards. And, obviously, we know September 3rd um, we'll have the, what's it called, the uh, the Osaka Octopus with two confirmed matches so far, the Ken Oka versus, uh, Mas- Ken Oka versus Takagi over 40 title match and the Shindy Aoki versus Takashita uh, D- KOD album weight title match. So. Yep. All right. There was a lot of talking, a lot of card yeah. so, <laughs> you need a breather. <laughs> Let me get into the questions now. We did get a few. Uh, let's see. So, at Luke underscore stack says, if you're doing another woman's draft, what would the top 10 of your draft board look like? Would Sari be top four? Sari would be like, I think, auto top four for me. Sari would be number be, one. <laughs> and, uh, she might be number one. I mean, she's up there. So I'm not going to go through the whole top 10 because – that sounds like a lot of work. Do a top five
2: or something. I don't know. Uh, go top five? I'll, I'll go first. so I'll give you a minute to think. I'll go Suri one, uh, Miko two, uh, Hashimoto three, and then let me go. Nene talking, uh, Nene four, and then Arisa Hoshiki. Actually, no, I forgot about Momo. So Momo three, Hashimoto four, and
1: then Arisa Hoshiki five. Suri one, Momo two, um, uh, See, this is really tough because there's so many fucking amazing ones. I know. <laughs> Momo 2, uh, Japanese, uh, the one in Japan. I almost said Japanese Oscar. They're both Japanese. Oscar <laughs> in Japan, 3. Um, God. Mako 4.
2: <sighs> there's so many.
1: There's so many. I guess Chihiro 5, but yeah, we could say Utami. You could oh, say
2: Tommy. I
1: I mean, there's
2: so many, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Beth at Love Songwriter asks, since you are so close to the halfway point of the G1, who so far is the standout wrestler of the tournament? I think we already kind of went over that with our average star rating. So I think it's Ishii in the B block and Bushi in the A block. Have your block winner predictions changed, especially for A block? Yeah, I now think Kenta's going to win the A block.
2: Yep, I'm in agreement there. Yeah. 100%. I think it's going to be Kenta and Naito in the final.
1: Um, Ice Age Coming essay says, what is your current match of the year and why is it the Ipon like, Tube deathmatch? <laughs> I mean, my <laughs> current match of the year right now, I have to say, is still Mako and Suri. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I was only four and a half on the Light tube deathmatch, so I guess they hated it. You yeah. know.
1: At Kenobi193, what DDT versus New Japan matches would you book for a cross-promoted show? Oof. What a crazy question. I mean, there's so many. Um, I mean, first of all, I would do Endo versus Naito. Battle of the is I think they would have like a crazy <laughs> match. Um, I would do uh, Takashita versus Abushi. No, no, no. Abushi versus Mao. Yeah. Like a, dash like a hard, hard match. And then Takashita versus Takashita versus Okada. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, give me give me Tomohiro Ishii against Yuki Ino.
1: Harashi uh, versus Tanahashi. Tanahashi, I think is the the easy pick, but it's a good pick. Um, Makoto
2: Oishi against Toriano.
1: <laughs> yes, that would be good. Uh, Yukio Sakaguchi against Kenta. Yes. Um, Kasusada Higuchi. Oh, God, who's like a big boy you can go up against? Higuchi against. Uh,
3: Give
2: me, let me see.
1: Higuchi against Goto?
2: Yeah, I, I, that, would, that would be nice. <laughs> Actually, that might would well be real good. Yeah.
1: Um, um, let's see. There's so many. So, so many, so many. I know. Yeah. Sonata against
2: Sonata against Sasaki. Let me do that.
1: Takeshi Sasaki. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I'm really trying to think. Nice. There, let's say Soma Takao against Oh. Soma Takao against Will Osprey. Yes. I think they would have a good match. I'm um, sure
2: that I'm sure they've had matches in Europe, but um, Osprey and Bailey. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tai Chi has to wrestle. uh, Tai Chi against Antonio (laughs) Honda.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is good. We're booking a nice card. (laughs) Yeah. Tremendous.
1: Um, I'm going to go out. Tommy
2: against Zack Sabre Jr.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, that would be incredible. (laughs) Um, Tomohiro Ishii against Shinshiro Takagi. I don't know why, really <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think that would be like a weird like serious versus comedy match that would really work. What about like who would
2: like Taguchi face? <laughs> Taguchi against Dino. Taguchi. <laughs>
1: against Dino, yeah, that's a, that's an easy one. Yeah. Um. Hmm.
2: What, about, what about Akito? Who'd be a good match for Akito?
1: Akito against. Hmm. Someone who is like we we gave a lot of good technical wrestlers already, so yeah. You know what, Akito against Shingo because yeah. Akito had a really good match against T Hawk, and T Hawk and Shingo are kind of similar wrestlers, so
2: yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> this looks good. We got a nice card. Yeah. Still out the Tokyo Dome.
1: Yuki Ueno and Naomi Yoshimura against for Punky Three K.
2: Yeah, that's 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 actually really good. That's yeah. that's a good thought. So
1: all right, so that yeah. Was <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was those that was,
1: yeah hell of a car we put together there oh yeah uh, thank you to uh i think it was column who came up with that question thank you for that one all right everybody that'll wrap it up here i'm looking forward to putting my air conditioner back on yeah but, um, i want to tell everybody right now we will be taking a week off next week <gasps> um, yes because i'm going to be at oticon i just i don't want to try to squeeze it in before i go i have like you know got shit to do at work and shit to do to prepare and everything. So, you know, just can't fit it in the schedule. So we're going to be taking a rare week off next week. So we're we'll back in two weeks. Um, I have to wind up a guest though, probably like a big G1 catch up episode since we'll have missed, you know, the three shows from this coming week. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Omakase. Uh, Wrestling does not fit. Why don't you go ahead and give us some plugs here, Thomas.
2: Yep. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, at wrestling ratings, I won't do my joke about how wrestling wouldn't fit. Okay. Um, I was getting tired. I think at this point, I got to come up with something new.
1: Are you are you like subtreating me here?
2: Uh, no, I would never.
1: <laughs> subtreating my my <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Okay, so yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it was good fun. Go watch Peter Pan.
1: Yeah, everybody has to watch Peter Pan. I hope your main takeaway. Like, it's a joke to to vote and the year if you haven't watched Peter Pan. Anyway, sure. um, thank you all for listening. Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll be back in two weeks. Um, I appreciate your support. And if you have time to give us a positive review on iTunes, it's always appreciated. Uh, otherwise, like I said, follow us on Twitter, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old?